Welcome to Sportsify on October 5th with your hosts, Matt Novak and Grant Hawker. All right, welcome in, everybody. I am your host, Matt Novak. With me, as always, is Grant Hawker. How we doing? On the third mic is Jameson DeFore. Yo. And joining us in a little bit will be our buddy Mike. But we got a lot to get through from week four in the NFL. There are two, count them, two unbeaten teams left. We count it down every week. The Eagles and the Niners are the only ones left. The Eagles played the Commanders in a best game of the week contender for sure. That ended in uh, overtime 34-31. Eagles obviously getting the better of them. The Niners dominated again, this time against the Cardinals uh, with a 35-16 final. They are the only unbeatens. Um, This week we had kind of this weird thing where like we had some competitive... And then some dumpster fire games happen. Not not all of which we saw coming, for sure. I mean, can we say that the toilet bowl that we talked about was a competitive game? Dude, let's jump right at it. Like the toilet bowl game, uh, which we're uh, he just referred to as the Broncos uh, against the Bears. The Broncos end up scoring twenty four unanswered points, which is toilet bowl material. If we're being honest. Um, starting at the 14 seconds left of the third quarter to drop the Bears and get their first win of the season. They improve, quote unquote, to one and three uh, with a 31-28 win. Uh, Fields, who had a great game up until that fourth quarter, um, he threw an interception that sealed it. I think it was around 30 seconds to go or so. Um, and uh, they were able to take a knee there. The Broncos were at the end. Did you guys see, just real quick, did you see the... Uh, uh, Sean Payton Terrace sleeves. That that's that was the trick. That was a secret sauce they needed because he, after he did after he cut his sleeves off, he went full Belichick. All of a sudden, yeah, he could not, coach. Their offense that. was awesome. Yeah, he, yeah he, did. he did. He like tore the sleeves off of his shirt. He had to like one of the staff help him, and it looked like one of the cut off Belichick sweatshirts. It was like it was like a like capri pants for your arms <laughs> is what it looked like. It was like pastel. It was it was like those old like ba- like baseball shirts. Yeah, that was undershirt were, kind of. Were things. they in Denver or Chicago? I don't even know. I think they were in Den. No, they were in Chicago, I believe. Oh, okay. That's I weird. believe. I don't know. I don't actually know. It I was really the care. warm time of the day. Let's I just mean, say I wasn't you know, super was drawn to that game, so I wasn't paying as close attention to where they were. I I'm going to echo Jameson's uh, statement right there. I wasn't, and then I saw the score in the fourth quarter, like creeping up, because I mean Chicago dominated a lot of that game, obviously, and then uh, score started creeping up, so I threw it on my extra screen and. Was watching I mean, there the for Broncos' defense was making Russell Wilson look good. Sorry, you said that the wrong way. I did say the wrong way. Making Justin Fields look good. Yeah, I mean they yes. both made each other like, look good because I think Russ is an abysmal quarterback for the most part. But he had like a twenty-one for twenty-eight, three touchdown day, like two fifty, something like that. He's yeah. actually looked pretty solid in this uh, yeah. uh, Sean Payton era. I think, co- I think what we learned, guys, is is I doubt if it. your fantasy players are playing either of these two teams, start them. Start them. They're going to do great. I may or may not have picked up the commander's uh, defense this week because they're playing the Bears. I may have picked up Sam Howell because he's playing the Bears. Yeah. I've, <laughs> so, I've considered picking up Sam, Sam Howell, too, and just even kind of stashing him because I has an extra Yeah, if you've got Scary go Terry, Dotson... I mean, definitely Brian Robinson. Like, just start them all. See yeah. what happens. 
uh, it, there's a strong possibility the Bears make them look amazing. But uh, yeah, that was the toilet bowl game. I toilet bowl because both teams obviously going into are zero and four. One team was coming off of a seventy point loss, like a fifty point loss. That's true. Like made it look terrible, <laughs> even more than it probably was. Still was terrible. Yeah. Uh, there was some good ones though. I uh, big surprise. Jets scared the crud out of the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that defense played awesome uh, the entire game, and Zach Wilson played quarterback better than Patrick Mahomes did until that last possession. Until he did. Um, I. Yeah, until he didn't, until uh, he which didn't, is a very but, Zach Wilson but thing I to would, do. I would just say that I don't think any of us had that on our bingo card that we would ever, that sentence would ever be said on this podcast, that Zach Wilson no. played better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes, even if it was not for a full game, but for 85, 90% of the game. Yeah. You, you know never thought funny? that sentence the, would be said. The football gods were shocked. Without uh, derailing this conversation too much, it was funny because there was a moment in that game, I can't remember if it was his first touchdown of the night, but... Um, he like flicked one exactly. over two. in the in the right hand corner of the end zone, just kind of like a little a little jump ball back shoulder, and he threw that. And I I sat there and was like, you know what, that was not a bad little flick of the wrist there. He's kind of looking a little nice. And then I like stepped away for a second, and then all of a sudden I was like, Zach Wilson game. Okay, I did I did not expect that throw to lead to this, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I mentioned it already, but. Mahomes did not have a good day through two interceptions uh, in this game, but he played more of the Mahomes ball in the fourth quarter, which is very typical of him. Um, just be like, hey, JK, guys, we're going to win this game. Don't worry about it. Um, and that's what ended up happening here. Yeah, I, I tuned into the very end of the game, like the last like three minutes of that game. Um, and just his, like, his play to just go down inbounds, get the first down. Hose all betters, all of them. I hose all the betters, but I'm like, that's that's the smart play. Like that's the that's right the play. How many really times special. last year did we? Yeah, like <laughs> how many times did we see like teams score way too quick and then give the opponent time to score? Right. And he just knew he was like it's about winning the game. It's not about me, you know, running a touchdown because he totally could have ran in a touchdown. Lashawn totally. McCoy, there's another one. Yep, mm-hmm. just throwing it out there. Like, yeah, no, it, it was a good slide down. Although, uh, as you're gonna find out later, I could have really used those Mahomes uh, points. <laughs> Uh, in a certain fantasy league this week, so I wasn't at all sad about that um, or we'll pissed at him, but it was pretty the, hilarious. There were some interesting calls from the officials in this game. Yeah, there were. Um, um, definitely some. You know, I, I'm, for one of our future segments, I am having, like, in the back of my head, I'm like, I need, I need Mike to start monitoring some officiating stuff. Um, and because uh, he loves these deep dives. And I really do think we're going to add up to uh, something very specific. I I heard a thing this week about officiating and how is it has impacted teams with a certain winning percentage over the last 15 years. And there is some nerd out there who's doing beyond Mike Deep Dive um, that has been uh, showing poor calls going in favor of certain teams over a 15-year period. It is a stupidly insane deep dive. I think you have to go to to the bottom of Reddit to find it, but... Does it correlate with some playoff success, potentially? It... I feel like it... It actually doesn't affect uh, postseason as much as one might think. It if In terms of, like, games in the postseason, it affects teams getting to the postseason, for sure. Um, uh, Yeah, there's no proof of collusion or anything like that, specifically... 
but it looks a little damning in terms of the evidence yeah. uh, when you look at uh, the regular season, how it shapes it up. It matters, man. So It matters. Anyway, I'm getting to some other games, though. Uh, the Rams, uh, Jameson, woohoo, go for it, whatever you want to do. Um, he's flexing no, right now, another, which is just stupid. Another week. It's a, another day in the office for us. <laughs> Uh, Rams won in overtime against a solid Colts team. They really Dude. are. Uh, Richardson played a great game, uh, racked up 29 fantasy points, by the way. Um, it was just super fun to watch. That 360 spike, dope. Don't care if you hate the team, whatever. Uh, Anthony Richardson's rookie. We love rooting for rookies. Who hates the Colts? I feel like nobody like... I mean, some Jonathan people Taylor. do. I don't know. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Jim Irsay probably hates his... Sounds like he hates his team. A good get. This is, yeah, this, this is uh, any hatred towards the Colts is like an ownership or like, I can't believe you let that happen to Andrew Luck. You know, kind of hate. Um, <laughs> oh, sure. Otherwise, it's like, I, you know, I grew up idolizing Peyton Manning, so I have no reason to hate well, him. I mean, we are on the, the West Coast, too, so like yeah, teams we, that would be their rivals are not around here. There's a lot of fans for them, so there's a lot of hate for them, but I'm, they don't... I mean, yes, you do hate hate them for what they did with Andrew Luck. The Patriots Luck, fans do not like them. That's fair. Like, inherently. That was a rivalry thing. I mean, they def- yeah. obviously got the better but, of them. But, but again, like, what I'm saying like is there's not a whole lot of Patriots fans over here. That's fair. That's Thank fair. God. But no, they they that win was pretty significant. We'll, t- we'll get to how that ended in a later segment. Um, but, man, that was an incredible back and forth. Uh, we will mention right here, though, Matthew Stafford. Uh, it was a hip flexor. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I'm saying that right, something like that. Yeah, he was. He, lo- I, I said in the the group chat, I was like, uh, he looks like a war hero right now. Um, getting up, I mean, with the the amount of a limp he had on the one side was significant. You kind of wondered. I mean, we know it's Matt Stafford, like he's going to keep going, but you do kind of have it in your head, like, can he really make it through this one? It looked that bad, it's even a, for Matt Stafford. Not even a canny, but should he? That's fair. Especially with how well this, well, this team has been thing. oldest here's player the in the NFL. I don't know if I mentioned this on the show or even just to you guys in general, but you know that Netflix quarterback thing that they did last season? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stafford is being filmed for it this year, which I'm really excited about. Oh, that's a good oh, one. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Which that's is, cool. Which is also Have cool. Have they confirmed just, anybody else for that? Um, Not that I've seen. I was I was meaning to look it up, but so I did see that Stafford. They were like, yeah, and, well, and so for I one, I'm excited Russ that the Rams be team is good because if yeah. the Rams were terrible and he was in this show, it would just be like a really depressing no care. season. But um, <sighs> part of me is like, maybe that's, I mean, he's always going to do it anyways because that's who he's been. But part of me was wondering, is like, you know, there's a little cinema behind this, right? Go out there. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm hurt. It's the dislocated shoulder game going and do the fake and dive over the end zone or whatever. Uh, feels like kind of the same same vibe from him. Um, but I will admit I was getting just a little frustrated watching that game because I was like, can we just put it away? Because I don't want Stafford to take any more snaps <laughs> than he has to this week because he will right. continue to. Right. And there is that concern. Yeah. And Sean uh, McVay is not going to take him out because they kind of have that relationship. So I feel like Stafford kind of has that. No, I'm staying in like, you know, seniority for the team. But yeah, gutsy well, win. But to- I, I hope that that's not like a season long issue win. for him. And again, all all props to the Colts here too. The halftime adjustments were very real for them. They did a great job, uh, you know, kind of corralling the uh, the Rams' offense there in the second half. Made it made life much more difficult than the first. Where I think Nakua had almost a hundred yards in the first half, 
and the Rams, much like the game against the 49ers, were moving the ball at will in the first half. And uh, and then they made adjustments and were able to push it at least over time. Um, but uh, Rams did not give them the chance uh, to put points on the board in overtime and score the touchdown right away, uh, which, again, we'll talk about in just a moment. Uh, moving on to some other games. Lions beat up the pack on Thursday, uh, 34 to 20. That game was 24 to three in the first half. I opened up my phone, immediately thought of uh, our good buddy JJ and went, Dude, uh, he is he's probably playing with water and electricity there, at the there, same time. There were he was having a, a date with his toaster oven yeah. in the bathtub. Yeah, something like that. Potentially. Yeah. He was plugging it in. Yeah, he was plugging it in. Um wasn't also it was not a good week for primetime games. No. They were like all blowouts. Very bad. All blowouts. All of them. It all was, of them were not close and not entertaining. I mean, one was entertaining for me, but also I reckon it wasn't fun, like it was not good. It was not like fun. Like <laughs> it wasn't a fun product to watch if you're not a fan of the team. That right. If you were a fan of the team, then you had a blast. But like overall, it wasn't <sighs> good football. No, it was not good football. Um, this one was pretty brutal. Lions did manage to put it away in the second half. Finally, uh, you know, got over the hump, got that last touchdown uh, that they needed to kind of seal it. Uh, in other games, Jags defense uh, brings the Falcons their second loss, twenty-three to seven. Good bounce Didn't, back. That's a good bounce back for the Jags. Did not see that one coming uh, to that degree. That defense needed to step up and did this week. Um, in a little bit of a, another surprise game, I know we picked them, but I didn't see it being thirty to six for Texans beating the Steelers. I didn't. I didn't have that score in mind when I picked the Texans. I thought that would be a lot closer. But Pickett did go out of this game. But, um, but also, when you have frauds at every level in this organization, <laughs> that's going to happen. Especially at offensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator. We're going to talk about it constantly. Like, Until they fire him, we're never going to shut up about it. Sounds like they're not. So, um, yeah. Enjoy. Well, that was a conversation this week. Did you hear, like, you know, Mike goes up there and, and makes the... Mike Tomlin, oh, there's going to be some changes. He uh, goes up there. We're going to be making some changes. And then the next day, we're not making any changes. <laughs> like, yeah. nobody's going to call. Nobody else is going to be calling plays. Matt Canada is still the offensive coordinator. Oh, so you're doing nothing. But yesterday you were doing something. But Matt Canada's a fraud. Kenny Pickett's a fraud. Najee Harris is a fraud. The only ones that really aren't, George Pickens, TJ Watt. Correct. That's about it. You are, you're correct about Everyone that. Everyone else is on fraud alert. I That's don't know. Not, That's fair. It's not even an alert anymore. They are. <laughs> Just saying right now. Uh, in another one, the Raiders fell to the Chargers. Uh, again, the Raiders without Jimmy G. Uh, O'Connell gets the start there. Aiden O'Connell, rookie. Um, that one was just a twenty-four to seventeen. Uh, Jimmy G was out with the concussion. Don't want to not, not say that. Um, but yeah, twenty-four to seventeen. I, I mean, you got to kind of expect rookie wasn't going to put up a ton of points, so that one wasn't a big shocker. Um, the and, but we'll come back to the Chargers and talk <laughs> a little bit about them because they made an interesting decision this week. Um, Seems the to be Cowboys defense. Yep. <laughs> the Cowboys defense scored twice against the Patriots and they just full on murdered them. 38 to 3. I mean, it it was this, so bad. There's a good chance like since Tom Brady has left, the Patriots have had some pretty like embarrassing football teams, like, you know, embarrassing offenses, things like that. Not even having an OC last year. Um, right. but this might be the most embarrassing loss that Bill Belichick has probably it's the it's his largest it's largest point loss probably yeah uh, in a loss uh, ever thirty five points I mean it was the route of the week yeah in um, terms of points yeah absolutely and uh, I think it you know 
only, well, put it in perspective, only the Miami Dolphins beating the Broncos <laughs> was a worse loss in the NFL so far this year out of, what are we at, 64 I mean, 40 total to games? Zero. 40 to zero yeah. week this one, 40 to zero. Cowboys, Giants. Oh, Giants. my bad. My bad. Good call. Top three. Yep. Top three. Top three. So, uh, no, it it's just, it was so bad. And I don't even have a whole lot to say about it just because it was so bad. Uh, the Cowboys defense is definitely still good, but uh, the the Patriots made them look amazing on Sunday. Uh, another one that I, I we probably wouldn't uh, saw coming. The Titans destroyed the Bengals. I mean, like I, I know a- the Bengals aren't playing well, and I know Joe's hurt and all that, but twenty seven to three from like, that off with Ryan Tannehill leading that offense. Definitely yeah. not uh, something I expected. Derrick no. Henry played better quarterback than Joe Burrow did. On Sunday, <laughs> that's true. I like that one. Yep. Uh, yeah. If you missed that uh, Derrick Henry jump pass, by the way, all a Tebow, uh, that was pretty dope. It was yeah. a good one, and got a rookie his first touchdown. Joe, Love Joe, that. Joe Burrow is single handedly losing me my fantasy in the B League. Uh, Joe Burrow is the reason I'm one. Three. I think a bottom three fantasy quarterback right now. Well, I think statistically, uh, yeah. no in general, he's maybe the worst quarterback in football statistically right now. Even though we know, you Oof. know, when he's healthy, he's not that bad. But yeah. he's just so no, limited; he can't do, do anything. It, at what point do you just sit the guy? Right? Like we're we're, we're at that point. point. We had this conversation Six? weeks ago. Um, I, you know, I thought if they should have sat him the first two three, weeks. Yeah, or if they would have been 0-3, yep. obviously they beat the Rams in that game, but that's when I thought, oh, if you're 0-3 and your quarterback's playing bad, but he's playing bad because he's injured, like, what's the yeah. point in shut it down. tanking your season, for one, um, because anything's better than a non-functional quarterback that's also playing poorly. Um, and then, obviously, the right. worst-case scenario is what, what happens if that injury becomes an Achilles or it's not an Achilles and it's he just can't escape something, so he gets crushed and breaks a collarbone or has a shoulder injury there's just like so much that can happen or, you pay that guy so much money yep. yeah you, you you pay him so much money but also like just you're not even giving it time to heal when it's constantly having to be utilized and worked in the, during the normal course of a football game yeah. like you're giving it no time at all and i think i think their bye week is week six so i think it's i, I believe it's week six dude shut him down this week give him i, I would have said off shut him shut him down last week this week then you have the bye week like that's yeah. three weeks like like Get it good. You realize he wasn't ready. And with pretty much anybody else at quarterback, you would at least have a, a touchdown or two. I mean, seriously. Like, like, because like, he's scoring. Week, he's not scoring anything. This last week, which, who's their backup right now? I have Anybody no. Anybody got him on there? I can look it up. Okay. But, like, genuinely, wouldn't wouldn't just giving your team a chance here. I, I mean, the Titans put points on the board five times in this game. Five. They scored three touchdowns. They got two field goals. That's five times. If you can just put yourself in position to kick some field goals, you know, put yourself in position on third down, uh, you know, have these manageable plays because the dude's just not mobile in the pocket and all you got to do is blitz him. I mean, it's all you got to do. You send the extra rusher all the time. He can't go left. He can't go right. He's literally just backwards and chuck. And so and you you're seeing a lot of these vertical field. passes too. Can't even get the ball yeah. downfield. No, it's just, it's a bummer, man. Um, it is Jake Browning. He is their back. Oh. The former uh, Washington Husky, Jake mm-hmm. Browning. Yep. But no, they, they've they got to figure that out and how they're going to handle that situation. Uh, going through the rest of the games here, the Bucks bounce back. They beat the Saints, uh, who had to start Jameis Winston this week. Uh, again, handily, 26-9. 
The Vikings finally got their first win, 21 to 13 over the Panthers. Uh, we expected that. That probably could have been a bigger point differential, but that Panthers defense still pretty good. Um, the Ravens demolished the Browns, 28 to three. If you had, if you started any Browns this week on your fantasy, I'm RIP to that week. Um, and we'll get to it in a moment, but the Bills dropped 48 on the Dolphins. And one week after scoring points, Miami puts up or 70 points. Sorry, Miami puts up just 20. And the Bills managed to hold Tyreek and Jalen to just seven catches and no touchdowns. Uh, for them, pretty pedestrian numbers. Everyone uh, needs sure. to figure out what they did. Yeah, and just copy that. It, whatever really that was, copy it. But yeah, well, their pass rush was awesome. Uh, they were making Tua throw the ball quickly. There was a lot of press coverage. Uh, uh, who was it? Uh, White went out, though. Uh, ACL, is that right? Uh, Achilles. Oh, Achilles. Ah, dang, man, that sucks. Uh, and he's not going to be able to Aaron Rodgers that one as a uh, corner, so that's a bummer. Nope. That's a bummer for them. Be interesting to see if they maybe make a move. Man, every uh, single... I feel like every year there's a, there's a, a season ender in that bill secondary like every, every year well, no, you're hide, not, I, I don't Boyer. think you need to feel it it's just true uh, yeah yeah i think I mean, poyer has gone down for a year yep hyde's gone down for a year hyde has gone down twice Is it Hyde? yeah so that, yeah Damn, I mean, that team but i mean they, they're still competitive and you know win 12 games yeah no but they gotta they yeah, and they so figured whole. something out i mean for sure with how they handled them because that was consistent throughout the game they could not get the ball downfield to their guys yep. couldn't get them so they just shut off the top Gave him the underneath, but in that, um, there was just a lot of pressure coming from various sources. If you if you watch the tape, it's uh, it was pretty awesome uh, just how quickly and often the Bills were getting in the backfield. Um, and not a ton of sacks, but genuinely a lot of hits and a lot of quick throwaways. Um, but I do want to talk about Let's the worst Let's do it. offensive line in football. Yes. Alongside a dumpster fire quarterback yes. that fell to one and thirteen in prime time, one and twelve surrendered. You know, he fell to one and thirteen. He was one twelve going in, wasn't he? I thought it was one eleven going it in. It doesn't matter. He sucks way, so bad. Yep. I had yep. not witnessed this in my lifetime. I've never seen a game where this happened. What the crud? New York Giants gave up twelve sacks to the Seahawks. The Seahawks win twenty four to three in easily the other than the that happening the boringest most awful brand of football for prime time uh, that there is which is you know a quarterback just Dude, getting massacred and or throwing the ball like, out I got of bounds bored. I know it was awful like and I was watching my team absolutely demolish and I was like all right look can we was game over like I want to watch a movie now like I'm over this you're gonna help me with this last name but Bobby Wagner Jordan yep. Brooks uh, Akella Witherspoon and nope. Devin Witherspoon. Devin Witherspoon. Akella Witherspoon is a different person. who's played for the 49ers. And Uchenna Nuosu. Nuosu. I had the last name. All had two sacks. You have four players with two sacks. Um, and let's not forget that at one point, though, this game was a, a going to be 14 to 10. Could have been, yeah. Could have been. Or at least 14 to 6 with a minute left in the third quarter. Sure. Yep. And then Danny Dimes threw across the field from the bottom hash into the arms of Witherspoon, who ran it back 97 yards. You cannot give up turnovers in the red zone. No. You definitely can't give up 97-yard well, pick sixes. He, he, he was just way oh. too early. It's, well, it's a, it's a whole problem with that offensive line because he had no time that entire game. 
So I didn't get the ball out, but that's one of those routes that has to develop. It was like one of those out, then back in, and then you right. kind of hook right into the end zone at like, you know, the two yard line. But because Daniel Jones had no time all game, he had scary feet, threw it early, and Devin Witherspoon was just able to jump it. And that's also, true. Devin Witherspoon in the end of the game was like, he always goes to his first read. Always. And I'm like, oh, and that they just paid this man $43 million a year. Yeah, for a did. dude who's gonna always throw out his first read, <laughs> it was and they so could have franchise bad. tagged him instead, but they didn't. Yeah. They could have franchise tagged him, and then uh, signed Saquon Barkley. That's what they should have done. Right. I mean, it does look like the smarter decision. Currently, it looks smarter decision, especially with the loaded quarterbacks that are coming in in this draft. Like you could have put yourself in a position where you could still have Saquon. You could, you know, do another year with Daniel Jones, and then get a Drake May, get a you know Bo Nix. Sanders, something like that. Or if yeah. you're really bad, you know, Caleb Williams. No, 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 no. There's some teams that are reserving their spot up there. Yep. Yep. Um, I agree. I I do have to say, uh, in, in, in the Giants defense has been bad in certain things, but not, uh, but they've been pretty mediocre. Uh, the Seahawks offense wasn't amazing in this game. Didn't have their best night. Nope. Uh, 281 total yards. They were three for 12 on third down. Oh, for two on fourth down and only managed 12 first downs. Uh, the offense did. They also got one uh, via penalty. But 51 plays does make for a long night for your defense. Uh, thankfully for the Seahawks this week, they showed up real big uh, and got after uh, Danny the whole time. But that offense needed to do a little bit more. I was like, early in the game, we almost blew it for Grant and started talking about what was going on while he was recording. And I almost said something, or almost said more but DK got that touchdown at the end of the first quarter. I was An like, amazing, all right. Amazing route right there. Just lulled him to sleep. The quick hands at the end, late hands at the end. Made mm-hmm. the catch. Awesome. But I was like, okay, here they go. They're going to take off. They're going to do stuff. And then DK didn't catch another ball after like two minutes into the second quarter for right. the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to figure out how to get your guys the ball in key situations. Gino did not have his best night. Uh, He's also injured from that play from Isaiah Simmons at tackle. Yeah. There, so he was out for a bit. He Lock came, came in. back in. Yeah. There's going to be some hiccups, you know, changing up a little bit, but he came back in. Was fine. I mean, again, he was, there was nothing, you know, he had one touchdown, like 150 yards. Right. But also, he didn't need to do anything more than that. He really didn't because the defense put them in such a position where they could kind of, you know, play a pretty average to below average offensive performance and still come away with a 20, 21 point victory. Well, speaking of him getting uh, running a good route, getting touchdowns, I want to touch on the receivers this week. Uh, they had we had several of them had an awesome week. Uh, Diggs, uh, in that forty-eight points that Buffalo put up, ended up with three of those touchdowns. Uh, he had an awesome week. I think it was nine catches, one hundred and twenty something yards, uh, or sorry, six catches, one hundred and twenty something yards, um, but three touchdowns. Like I said, AJ. Uh, for the Eagles, nine catches, 175 yards, uh, led receivers in both catches and uh, total yards there. Um, and then we mentioned earlier, Nakua, um, I got the text from Jameson as soon as it happened, uh, but he got a walk-off touchdown there. Uh, and then what was it? A hundred and oh, how many yards do you have, dude? Uh, it was like 160 something. Yeah. I mean, he just, and it was his yards per catch in the first half, I think was like 19 or something like that uh, on his first, like, I think it was four or five, five catches. Yeah, it was was his first five catches, like Mm -hmm. averaging 19 a catch. 
Um, and he was getting them in those types of chunks. I, but he just had an awesome game. And dude, I thought it was really risky of CBS. I think it was to go live audio when he scored that touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, you, typically when that happens, there is some choice adult oriented words that get said when somebody's celebrating a win in the end zone. And all they said was like, let's go. All right. We won like typical kind of sports phraseology. There was no swear words. You have a, you have a very, uh, I, I mean, they got, they got some Christian language. We'll just say that. Uh, Sean, Sean's very, coaching very kind dialogue. Was that, was that, <laughs> was that Nakua's first touchdown? I feel like he's that, racked up that a was, bunch of yards. That was his first touchdown. What a way his to get first your first touchdown is oh, a wow. walk off in that. overtime where he's now got 39 catches on the season for 501 yards. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, bro is not having a hard time getting the chunks of yards on those catches. Uh, also coming back from uh, injury this week was Brandon Ayuk, who ended up getting six for 148. Uh, looked fantastic. Um, but uh, overall, guys, like if you're looking at it, I know we're going to welcome Mike in in a little bit and uh, get going on some other stuff. But uh, who is your player of the week? I got a couple suggestions as we're looking at all those numbers. I mean, you could definitely put Diggs up there with his three touchdowns. Um, Josh Allen had five total touchdowns, uh, yep. you know, for the bills, uh, CMC or touchdowns or tutties for uh, over 200 yards. It was a, no, it was like 170 something total. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like yeah. 170 something total yards. Um, yeah. <laughs> I played against him. That was I downplayed that. A little it bit was a blast I? playing against him in fantasy. It was super fun. I don't know what you're talking about. I beat the guy that had him. Oh, in the I man, that's so cool for you, man. But when your quarterback is Joe Burrow. <laughs> <laughs> you get nothing. Uh, but you see that spike on the audio? Um, yeah, I apologize. That was you. Uh, no, Witherspoon definitely should be in consideration. Gets the 97-yard uh, You know, pick six plus. Uh, had the two sacks. I think he also had seven tackles. He had, he um, had, well, yes, he had seven tackles, two tackle for losses. I was, don't worry, I have my whole stats for him. That's from yeah, yeah. part of my stats of the week. So, <laughs> uh, But yeah, I mean, you guys got anybody else that you suggest? Is there anybody you can think of that you'd want to throw in there? I we didn't have anybody go sack crazy this week. Uh, when, wait, I mean, no, Khalil, Khalil Mack, Mack had six sacks in a game. Yeah, he had six sacks. Oh shoot, my bad. Yeah, he had six sacks. My bad. Pretty sure he now leads, totally forgot about it. I think he leads the league or is now tied. He's like, tied he's, with he's, TJ Watt. Uh, I yeah, I think so the like, single game record was seven. So he was like knocking on the door at one point. Yes, was that? Oh my! It's it. It was a cardinal. It was Chandler Jones. It was Chandler Jones? Yeah. I believe okay, so. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So six sacks from Khalil I Mack. think that definitely goes into consideration. Witherspoon pick six uh, with uh, <clears throat> with two sacks and seven tackles. CMC, four I mean, I would still say 170 plus. I would still say Josh Puka, Allen with five Obviously, touchdowns. is in that conversation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he won them the game. Yeah. Or, I mean, I don't think Stafford. you can pick a bad one here. Uh, Lots of I good standout performances. Today, uh, who sponsors the like players of the week and stuff? Is it Pepsi? I think it's is there a FedEx. FedEx is FedEx. Like, FedEx is like the ground oh, player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They so, do the ground and air player, but there's also the NFL just has their like defensive player of the weeks. Well, the stuff like that. The offensive player of the week from the NFL was CMC. Yep. Uh, Defense and NFC was Witherspoon. Right. Yep. I, I imagine Khalil Mack on. Yeah, he gotta on, be on the AFC side. And then probably Josh Allen, AFC side. I mean, I probably would. I, I'm. I would probably stick to the offense here. I'm not to negate Khalil Mack in any way, shape, or form. 
Um, because I think that's six sacks is ridiculous. But <laughs> I'm, I'm, I do want to. I do want to also just quickly probably would be my go. Give a give some props to uh, C.J. Stroud. He didn't have the most efficient game this week. Um, he only completed, but that's 16. what he's been almost his entire yeah. season so far. Yes, he was sixteen for thirty, but those sixteen completions okay. gave him three hundred and six yards and two touchdowns. Mm. You'll take that every day. Almost that's almost twenty yards per completion there. Which um, somewhere around there. This, yeah. this isn't necessarily my stat of the week, but I kind of wanted to. Uh, I kind of give him some love as we're pointing out some players. His through four games this season already. 1,212 yards, six touchdowns, zero picks, 100.6 passer rating. No, no rookie has ever uh, done, has been thrown as many, as many completions as him and had zero uh, picks. No mm-hmm. rookie quarterback has ever done that. That is uh, extremely impressive. Averaging over 300 a game. Yeah. 1.5 touchdowns. Like, from a rookie? From That's a insane. Rookie. That's Kids insane. getting it done. He could yeah. be uh, offensive rookie of the year right there. By the oh, way, definitely. His deep ball to the outside, by the way, pretty stinking awesome. Well, and yeah. it's like this cool, this cool timing where they have all these other young wide receivers who are also trying to make a name for themselves themselves at the same time with this team that's trying to, with a coach that's trying to a like, defense that's playing really if well. If you're a Texans fan, if you're a Texans fan, like you're you're just jazzed about what your team is doing right now. And um it's really fun to watch. I'm excited yeah. for that. It's cool. Yeah, Nico and Tanker trading weeks that they're the leading receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Schultz has two touchdowns now. Also had himself one really good week with, for them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he's spreading the ball around, doing a heck of a job. They just need to get that ground game a little more consistent for him so yeah. he's not having to do these long shots on third down. Um, and they're going to genuinely be playing some winning football. Two and two right now after the win this week. Um but again, I think you go a lot of different ways with that uh, player of the week uh, thought. And there wasn't really a clear cut one. I mean, yeah. so many good cases, but yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I would, I mean, there's obviously the bias in here, but I just go with this one because it's a cornerback. You don't ever see cornerbacks really do what he just did. Like completely like dominating a game like that. Like usually you see, you know, D linemen, you know, with a six sack type of game. Um, but because the giants only scored three points, like that pick six would win, would have won them the game. That's it's, all they had scored. It's the two sacks that really make it impressive for me because that's just hard for a corner to do. Yeah, and, and he, two tackle for losses. Yeah, and one of those one of those was a straight up streaking corner blitz. The other one was a delay where he made contact and took off. So like it was, yeah, uh, yeah it was really interesting that he walked out with two of those plus the pick six yeah. and all the tackles. So like so yeah. my so I'm just gonna just drop my stat of the week then because it's about Witherspoon. Figured that since week one I had a terrible stat about my Seahawks I'd give a good one and it was no player in NFL history has had two plus sacks and an yard pick six in NFL history until Devin Witherspoon did that tonight in a game uh no rookie has gone an entire season doing that getting hey. two two sacks and a 90 plus pick six so he just did all of that accomplished that in one game so that's that's uh, extremely impressive and the Seahawks got a stud right there thank you Russell Wilson appreciate it <laughs> bingo uh in some other NFL news this week, uh, Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor, they're working their way off the IR pup list. Uh, Jonathan Taylor today, I know, was a full participant. Was Cooper a full participant today? Um, they've been kind of keeping quiet about running. it, but I, I believe the um, the expectation is, yeah, he's been fully participating. 
they haven't said like, oh, he's going to dress on Sunday, but I feel like yeah. that's probably part of their plan to not let people know we have Cooper Cup playing on Sunday. So, yeah, but, that that designation wouldn't come until likely until Saturday. I think they actually because they have to do the official activation uh, the day before the game. Um, Jonathan Taylor, though, apparently took off running literally uh, today, and there is a strong speculation that he will play on Sunday. Um, Zach Moss, like, oh, my team, my team's kind of mm-hmm. good. Uh, interesting. Maybe yeah. I'll play. Maybe I'll shut the heck up and just get out there and you know play some ball. Um, but no, that'll be really interesting to see if uh, either one or both uh, get the opportunity that to play this Sunday. Kind of that would be games, horrifying. Man. I like if he's back. I'm very glad it's this week and not when we played them because that's not fun to look the, at. There's a good chance you probably didn't don't win that game. There's a good chance anyway. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Probably. I 100 use Jonathan Taylor as trade bait today to try and acquire Christian McCaffrey. Did you do it? I don't know yet. Okay. I haven't looked. I'm I'm scared. I was can really we look scared on to- this pot. Wait, has have they? I might. Yeah. Wait, wait. If it can I can, can I look and can I see and tell I'll you? I'll do it. No, I'll look. I'll look. I'll just okay. we'll see. Fine. Can I you- while we're on it, I'll just stay here really fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The let's see. But no, I mean, this Colts team, they have been hanging in every game. They've been winning some games they shouldn't. And that's without, I mean, they won a game without their quarterback uh, with the Ravens last week. And now they get, I mean, when healthy and when good, I mean, a top top five running back. And then I'll get him back into this offense with Shane Steichen. Like, that's pretty exciting, man. Like, if you're a Colts fan again, you're pretty, you're pretty excited. All right, Matt. <sighs> Rejection. <sighs> Rejection. He knows what he's got. I I did I offered up CMC or, or for CMC I offered up Taylor, uh, Rashad White, and one of my two reserve wide receivers. Um, I was just hoping that honestly Jonathan Taylor the the opportunity that is Jonathan Taylor, um, to return to you know his former self uh, might put my buddy over the edge, but uh, he did not. Maybe you can we can circle back on that trade when. Uh- He's seen Jonathan Taylor. Well, I mean, that's another school of thought is let's let's see if Jonathan Taylor hits two tutties and 100 plus this week. And uh, maybe then I can figure out what I want to do with him because I have a very good squad in the A-League. Um, he is honestly a luxury. I've got Jacobs and uh, Mr. Williams uh, at running back slots right now. Plus, I got Damian Pierce and a slew of really good receivers, including Tyreek Hill. So I'm not hurting. But anyway. Um, r- right now I'm gonna we're gonna skip down. Uh, and uh, in just a second we're gonna introduce uh our well this week's segment with Mike and we're gonna jump into some stuff. Uh, but before I do that, just want to mention we talked about a trade that happened this week and we and the Chargers. If you missed it somehow, uh, for some reason. Uh, they the Chargers decided this last week to give J.C. Jackson a healthy scratch, and then, like, I don't know why, but somebody woke bombing. up today and was like, you know what, he doesn't need to be here. We're gonna trade him back to the Patriots for nothing, for next to nothing. Have eaten an entire year's salary signing bonus. Uh, convert the majority of the remaining salary he's got for this season. Uh, into a signing bonus. We're just going to give him all that money so that he will go away. Massive buyer's remorse. They sell him out. Uh, They get a sixth round pick in return and have to give up a seven. So really, it's a meet in the middle situation. Even on that, 
Um, guys, they paid somewhere in uh, the realm of fifteen to twenty million dollars by my simple math for a to move from the seventh round to the sixth round this next year in the draft. Great Got job, guys. Nothing out of J.C. Jackson essentially, and are just giving up. I mean, oops. I yeah. I can't believe it, man. I mean, you pay that guy. I mean, you got to at least see it through two years. Like, I, that's what I would feel like. Yeah, you got to figure out how to make this work. Like, um, at least, I mean, what did it sound to do? A four-year? Was it a five-year five five deal? Five-year? Five-year, $82 million Yeah, you deal. at least got to get through two years, two full years before you really assess what, what you can do. You would think. I, so I would think, but apparently Bill Belichick can just get what he wants. Um, But I think also this move is coupled with the fact that it's a bummer. Christian Gonzalez is out for the year. Yes. That's so why that, the Patriots so that the make move. the move. Yeah, I didn't. I, I saw the the JC Jackson move first, and I was like, "Why?" But then, I, but then, like an yeah. hour later, I saw the uh, I saw the Christian Gonzalez move. It, which, and it's a torn labrum, so I mean, the most Patriots likely out. most likely, yeah. So it, the Patriots aren't making the playoffs or anything, but he wouldn't be fully healthy until. But he could he can right. come back and play, um, it, likely in the eight week timeline. But he's he's not gonna be fully healthy. Um, and at that point, playoffs, you so. don't. If you're not in the playoffs, don't don't rush him back. Yeah, so. this is just ridiculous. Though. I mean, that's a sixteen. It's a sixteen point four million dollar a year contract that they just took back on. Uh, essentially, now the Patriots are getting out of two years of that, and they can force out that money um, beyond the the third year of that deal if they want to into into the void years and all that. But I mean, that's still ridiculous that you paid that much money. Uh, if you're the Chargers, and even for the Patriots, like they didn't get a hometown discount here, you know they're only going to gonna get three and a half years on this deal. The only the only good part of the deal, I think, for the Patriots personally, uh, besides the need, is the fact that they're getting him for one point four for the rest of this year. Um, right. That that's a good deal. There's just there's better corners in the coming draft in the league right now that you don't need to pay sixteen it, plus million dollars. It really to. feels like a move that. I would think a team like the Cowboys would make. <laughs> yeah, well, sure. No, well, no, because like they're a team sure. that's like in contention. That's fair. They went down on like Trayvon Diggs died, and so they had to get some replacement and get some depth there. And it's a team like it's a team that it's a move that a team makes that is trying to make the playoffs and trying yeah. to recover some of the loss that you know they're number one, and that's what the Patriots are doing, trying to recover some of the loss there, trying to solve some of that loss, but. For a team that's not competitive, it feels like just a... Patriots are 1-3, and three, and don't get me wrong, like they have been 1-3 in the Tom Brady era and made the playoffs. That has happened, I believe, twice. Wait, uh, are you saying that Mac Jones isn't Tom Brady? Yes, I am saying that. Wow. Uh, I know, it's breaking news right here on Sportsify. Whoa. Um, Hater. No, it, but yeah, you're right. It does, it does feel like a competitive team move. Um, and uh, this was just a significant one in terms of the amount of salary that they're going to be contributing over the next three years. So I don't get it. Doesn't make any sense. I think for either side, uh, other than again, filling a temporary need this year, but what a weird thing. Uh, also, Randy Gregory got his release from the Broncos today. I uh, wasn't getting the playing time on the outside. Broncos do suck. They're trying to work in their young guys. You can tell already. And I, uh, just basically 10 games into his contract uh, that he signed with the Broncos, he's he says goodbye and is now a full-on free agent. Hilarious, by the way, if he just decides to, I don't know, re-sign with the Cowboys um, or uh, jumps on to uh, one of these other teams that are running the 3-4. 
uh, scheme that he likes where he can literally just go get after it. This is a guy who definitely is on the backside. I mean, he's 30, 32, somewhere in there, 32, 33. So he's on the backside of effective years as far as being an outside linebacker. And I feel like outside linebackers deteriorate quicker into their 30s than a standard uh, defensive end does. Um, but he's definitely going to be seeing uh, some pass rushing opportunity come to him. But he got his release today, and uh, that was a little unexpected. Um, but he apparently put in the request last week, and uh, Sean Payton was like, that's cool. You're not my guy. Um, well, I'm going to move down to it because we're ready to go with it uh, tonight. I want to welcome in our good buddy, uh, Mike Connor. Uh, how's it going, dude? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, we uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> we've been having a little bit of fun uh, making making light of a few things. We had some weird games this week, uh, some stuff that blew up uh, that we didn't expect. I mean, there was some huge point differentials in a lot of these games this week, man. Uh, really interesting. And then I, uh, you know, had the unexpected ones that were super close, like the the Jets Chiefs that we already touched on. So it was an interesting weekend um, overall. Um, and what it brought us, though, was it brought us this uh, a, a few like really interesting scenarios that have developed not just over the course of this week, but the past couple of weeks. And I want to take a minute since we've got you in here before we get to the segment I know you're going to cover um, and in a little bit our pick them. And uh, run some trivia at all three of you guys uh, that I kind of like handpicked today. Uh, hmm. If everybody's down, we're gonna. What if uh, I'm not? We're what gonna put on our thinking caps. Well, I want to do it now too before it gets too late at night and we all start falling asleep. So <laughs> I'm terrible at trivia. Away. Let's do this. this thing. Okay. Well, it's at least trivia that uh, you guys will be <laughs> decent at. Okay. So first one is, or the first two are quarterback related. Okay. Um, so is this like trivia involving like the season? You'll see. Okay. Don't ask questions okay. like my seven-year-old does where she's like, wait, uh, this, uh, can you tell me this bit of information before we, uh, mm, uh, mm. anyway. Does am I, you me, your seven-year-old daughter? <laughs> yes, I am a little bit. Okay. Um, Rude. That sounds fair. the first time I called you a girl. Um, <laughs> I am, uh, so I'm making this statement. I am a quarterback my team has lost multiple games, but I have nine touchdowns and two interceptions and have thrown for more yards than Patrick Mahomes. I know who it is. Don't say it yet, then. Okay. I'll, let, I'll let Jameson and Mike go first. I have nine touchdowns, two interceptions, and I have thrown for more yards than Patrick Mahomes. My team has lost multiple games. Gotta be Cousins, right? Say again. Is that Cousins? I would say Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has thrown for 11 touchdowns. So he is not this person. Hmm. I know who it is. As I think, I'm like 90% sure. I must look like a jerk. If I I say this guy is super confident and it's not, but I'm I'm pretty confident. I... I I was surprised that this person was at nine touchdowns. I will say that. I was I was mostly surprised at that number. It's not it's not Russ, is it? It is Russ. Danger Russ, baby. Okay. You got it. That Looking is, at his yeah, jersey right decent. here. He, he he pointed to it off camera here. Um yeah, Russ right now uh has I think it's about fifteen yards more on the season 
uh, than Mahomes does. He's I just barely crossed the thousand yard marker, and and uh, Mahomes is sitting right at it, right under it. Um, is I think what it is. It's funny. I actually saw that comparison of the two, like today, or maybe not even yesterday. Of those mm-hmm. stats, that's why those stats refresh my head. But yeah. All right. Here's the other quarterback one. Tua leads the league in yards. That is true. But who is a is a uh, sorry? <laughs> I wrote this wrong. But who is ahead of him? Who's the only? Sorry, I got this. Tua leads the league in yards. But who is the only quarterback above him in both QBR and rating? Uh, Brock Purdy. That's Purdy. Purdy leads leading QBR, man. It is Brock Purdy. Tua uh, Tua has a seventy nine. Brock has an 84.6 on the QBR, and Tua's rating is 114.4, and Brock is at 115.1. We didn't mention it earlier, but Brock also had a near-perfect performance this week. He went 20 for 21, the fourth highest completion percentage in a game ever. Uh, Best ever for the 49ers. Yep, and his his, uh, only incompletion was a third down throwaway to avoid a sack. He did Just not target sack, a receiver and miss him in the entire game. Take the sack, hundred percent, baby. Although I uh, got to get Brandon. Oh, you, you Iuk, take the incompletion. Uh, Come pretty, on now. Yeah, <laughs> Brandon, Brandon Ayuk did bail him out on uh, on two pretty decent throws uh, down the field. Um, pretty uh, the one other awesome uh, stat on uh, on Ayuk, which I know I don't like. Like I try not to really really do uh, to hammer down on. 49er stats. I feel like the season will give me enough to time to talk about my team. But uh, on first down uh, this week, uh, Brandon Ayuk had five of his six catches come on first down, four first downs. the The 49ers only made it to third down three times before the end of the third quarter. That's how effective they were on first and second down throughout the beginning of that game. It was pretty impressive. All right, we'll move down off the quarterbacks here. Uh, can How many you, more of these questions do we got? I, I got... Like this. this is fun. I got two. Two more? Okay. Can you name the two non-kickers that have scored the most points this season? The non-kickers so that have scored the most points. Can you name the two non-kickers that have scored the most points this season? In the top six... Uh, which there's a few guys tied. Four of them are kickers in terms of points scored, and two of them are not. Can you name the two uh, in the top six that are is, not is, kickers? So one of them, CMC? One of them is CMC. One of, yeah, I was going to say, uh, got to be CMC for one of them. And this doesn't... Are, are like quarterbacks included in this? Or the you Cowboys just like, defense. They, individu- they got across the end zone. The That's ca- how they... The Cowboys individually. defense. That was defense might be Michael there. Micah Parsons. Who? Has Micah Parsons actually scored a touchdown? I don't know. I just, yeah. just, he's CMC, CMC was the obvious one. I'm trying CMC to see. is the obvious one. Is, it, is, is this an obvious one as well? I think... Like, I know I mean, that... You say it will be like, oh yeah, duh. I know, kind of, yeah, I know Kyron Williams that. has been scoring touchdowns. It, it is not But him. not as many as CMC. There is, is it, one player. Is it, I'll, I'll, is it also I'll help a little bit? There is one player who uh, who had a massive 
week. Oh, is they it got a, him the majority of this? Is it a chain? It is not. Hmm. Hmm. I'll give you. I'll give you about ten more seconds. Can you just give us the position? Or is, or is it is a running Justin back? Jeff- oh, it's no. running back. Oh. No. Nope. Mm. It's is it Montgomery. Back. Oh. Well, that's a good guess. It is not. Had a monster week. I think he has four touchdowns, though. If I remember right. Ah. It's a running back. All right. Ready? It's Ken Walker. Nope. Oh. You already said somebody from this team. It Swift. is Mostert. Oh, Mostert. Oh, Mostert. Okay. oh yeah. Oh, Raheem. Raheem okay. Mostert. Yeah, because he had the four touchdown game against the Broncos. I thought a Kane had more touchdowns than him. He had not on more touchdowns. He had more yards. Well. Yeah. But Mostert played in the first two games. Mostert was and playing more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yep. All right. Here's your last one. After surrendering 12 sacks Monday night, yeah. the Giants are not the most sacked team in the NFL. That surprised me. They have 23. Guess who has been sacked 24 times already? What team has given up 24 sacks? Is it the Broncos? It is my, not the Broncos. My initial reaction is they were last the Bears year. because Justin Fields gets sacked <laughs> so much, but I don't know if that's accurate. The, the Bears ha- are the third most sacked team in the NFL. Your thinking what should was be a not good wrong. team? What, what should be like a good is team? Is it is this it, also Kirk Cousins? It's not a horrible team. Not a horrible team. Is this What's also that? Kirk Cousins? <laughs> no, this is not <laughs> That Kirk guy gets Cousins. killed every week. <laughs> yep. I was going to say Joe Burrow because he gets sacked a million times. Joe, yeah. Is it Joe? It is not Joe. Or the Bengals? Not the Bengals. I'll give mm. everybody one more guess. Throw it out. I I believe... I I, I, I Man, don't... I'm, no, I'm very confident. This team is two and two. They played a very good game on Sunday. Oh, is it Stafford? He hasn't been sacked that much. It is not. Nope. No, your offensive line is way too good for that. <laughs> I'm huh? thinking of all the. He good was only supposed to guess one more time. It is the Commanders. There you go, okay. Jameson. It is Boom. the Commanders. Uh, the Eagles definitely uh, helped him get there on Sunday. Uh, yeah. Uh, plus overtime did too because he got another one there. Uh, yeah. But the Commanders have given up 24 sacks in four games. 24 sacks in four games. Yeah, it was pretty stinking brutal. That is brutal, man. Well, they, um, that's all I got Just for Just imagine the, the Commanders could maybe even be like 3-1 and one if they like cut down maybe like five of those. They almost won that game. I genuinely yeah. watched that momentum with their offense. I mean, the way that Howell took them down to tie dude, the game in fourth quarter. Dude. Then they got the ball back in overtime. I'm like, dude, he could do it again. Like, they were playing that well. Scary Terry got absolutely hosed out of a catch in that game, stepped on somebody's forearm and didn't get his toe down uh, in overtime. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, Yeah. that was brutal. Yeah. I mean, literally would have put his foot over about three inches and, you know, off the side of this dude's arm. I don't I'm thinking I don't think it was Bradbury. I can't remember who it was that he uh, stepped on, but that like negated the rest of the drive. They had to punt the ball in overtime because of that. Um, It was it was pretty awful. It was a great catch, too. Uh, yeah, but uh, that, no, that they, toe was, it was a almost in the ground. That toe was almost yeah. in the ground already. That that yeah, just stepping on that arm, dude. You can't tell me that guy did not walk out with uh, without getting a pierced forearm. There, that was pretty nasty looking. Came straight down on him. Well, we want to get into uh, Mike's segment. What what am I supposed to call this now? I'm am I forfeiting whatever I called it? What did you call it? I what did I call it? I called it I pros know. and cons. Oh, you want to call it the mic drop? Yeah, even if he's not always like dropping like some like 
boom and like walk out but like it just works perfect like even if it All is right, like, Grant, go ahead and introduce the segment welcome to our second official segment of the mic drop mike take it away second official segment of the mic drop sounds interesting now, the first I, one of the first week i, I feel like i'm up on a pedestal now week. i gotta i gotta say something to get out come on, um, come on. no i think it's something that so many people are talking about lately. All these teams are trying to figure out how to do it themselves. But let's talk about this Eagles team and their tush push. All right. Yes. Their their brotherly shove. So I'm interested to hear what yours is. <laughs> I I think tush push is too good. It's it's just it sums up everything. Okay. All right. But I, I, I jumped into this a little bit because and, and Jameson can back me up a little bit as as somebody that that's played in the past. Um, so I played football from elementary school through semi-pro uh, slash against some college guys um, here in the Oregon Football League. And every step of the way, assisting the runner was always like, you can't push, you can't carry, you can't pull the ball carrier. That's what I was always told at every level. It, it, it was a penalty, right? Like that's that's the way I grew up with it. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's I think that's what a lot of people have an issue with is is everybody watching the game now has grown up with that being a penalty, right? And and I got sure. into this, and that was my first thought. I was like, last year when this was really kind of hit the fan is is why why are they allowing that? Like that's that's against the rules. So I, I jump in here and I'm looking at the rules for the NFL, and it's rule twelve one point one d whatever anyway. Um, <laughs> but they changed it in 2005. And, and the rule was that you can't push, pull, or carry a runner who has the ball. So anybody with the ball, you can't, as an offensive player, push, you can't pull, assist carry, them in any way. Ball carrier. Right. Well, uh, what happened is, is looking into this, and I had to dig pretty deep to really find it, but there were some notes um, that they released with it the same year that they changed the rule, is that Pushing the player was such a fluid play, right? So the player has the ball, he's running, he gets into a scrum with a couple of defenders, and an offensive lineman comes up and pushes the defender, but makes contact oh, with yeah, the we runner. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, is, is that is that assisting the runner? You know, and so they weren't calling it, and and they the release said it's such a convoluted play, it's so hard to regulate. Let's just take that sentence out, right? That's that's what they said. Um, and so push, so you can push now. It's perfectly legal. Okay, to push. Gotcha. The ball runner as much as you want now, like you don't have to gotcha. even pretend because okay. because I remember back in the day you'd pretend that you were pushing the pile, you know, quote unquote pushing the pile, and you'd be like, oh, and then be like, you can't push the runner. Like I was pushing the linebacker that was on the runner. <laughs> yeah, you know, and yeah. like all that stuff, and and it was never called anyway, and. And so it was at the time, it was not a big rule change, but I see it as an issue in this new league where they've already got so many advantages for the offense. They've changed so many rules that the offensive players have an advantage. Oh yeah. And all in the name of player safety, right? I, I can't imagine a worse possible scenario than me being like squished between two 350 pound dudes pushing as hard as they can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's broken ribs waiting to happen. That's, that's a busted gut or something. So I don't know that 
my thought is I think they need to, I don't know. There's got to be a limiting factor here. And, and it's, it's hard to figure out what that is because they weren't wrong. They're, they're not wrong that you can't regulate that call, right? If you're pushing a runner, how are you going to know, okay, was he actually pushing the runner? Or like you said, was he actually pushing the linebacker? How do you regulate this call? Um, what do you guys even think about the rule? Like, do you even like this play? I, I don't even like the look of the play when they do it, like when they line it up for it. Uh, I don't. You don't like it, Jameson? Is that what you said? I just, I mean, I would prefer it to not be there. I'm not like a super like anti or pro tush push. To me, it's more of like a player health and safety thing than it is anything else. But like when they line up for it, I'm just like, oh, here we go. Like, I guess that's this is like the new quarterback sneak. Like, I never liked seeing a quarterback sneak anyways, because I always would feel like, oh, if somebody does it against my team, they always, it's always get a it. gimme. Right. Uh, and then if my team does it, they never get it. So I'm like, I never like seeing that <laughs> right. formation And the tush push is just now like for the teams that can do yeah. it. It's a more lethal version of that. So I just hate seeing it because I'm like, well, like the suspense of like a fourth down stop when you're going against the Eagles feels like it's not even an option. Um, but and, and, yeah, especially because yeah. all we're doing really is just falling forward. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of skill involved with the quarterback sneak with the tush push. It's just like just fall forward and you'll get it. I mean, for the most part. I mean, yeah, it can still be stopped. Well, and, while, and yeah. the Eagles, to be fair, I mean, they're like 14 for 16 with that play for the last two years. Like they're they're yeah. almost unstoppable. And I'm, I'm pretty sure they scored a, a touchdown within the Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure that yeah they did. And, or at least got got the the first and goal. But if you also look back on it, um, Jimmy Garoppolo with the 49ers was like eleven for twelve on quarterback sneaks, right? Without the touch. Tom push. Brady. Tom I mean, Brady. Tom is Brady. Well, same thing. Of quarterback. Sneaks. Automatic. Always got his Automatic. quarterback sneaks. It felt like you know, and he didn't have a touch push. So, you know, a why does Jalen Hurts, who's supposed to be super athletic, need the touch push for one? But. It, at the same, it just doesn't feel safe. Like the NFL is like, oh, safety, safety, safety. But yeah, squishing a dude between like five or six 300 pound guys at the line of scrimmage, he's not even touching the ground most of the time and they're still pushing him, which again would be like the carry rule, right? So I don't know. It's just so convoluted and so hard to talk about, or not hard to talk about, hard to regulate. Um, my only solution really is, is you look at this. And they've taken away, you know, like Quay Walker got penalized for jumping over the center this last week, right? Which is, yeah. He jumped over the center, didn't really make contact. They still flagged him because you can't go over the center. Um, when, because he was lined up a yard off the ball. You can't run and jump over the center anymore. Um, especially during a, a field goal. And, and you've taken that away for player safety. How is that any more unsafe but also no one was getting injured for that yeah no like, it, like, i watch wasn't, bobby wagner and cam chancellor do that all the time yeah they never got injured doing that they um, just did it because they felt like it was unfair like that's why they put that rule which in i mean my my thing with that is i because i agree to an extent for one you know just because we haven't had someone injured doesn't mean they shouldn't like prevent a future injury oh, sure. by yeah. making it a rule yeah but I also think, you know, now players are more athletic than they've ever been. Like every person on that roster in that position is going to be able to make that jump. 
So then it just like ruins the whole element of field goals at all levels, uh, you know, in professional football, whether it's extra point or game winner, or just even like you're running the mill. Like if somebody can run and jump over it and has a chance to block it, then that effectively negates field goals. So like, Having that rule there, sure. even if it's not an injury thing, oh, but the timing is like the of that part of the game, the timing of that's huge. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, that's like a that's like a steroids conversation. Yeah, but like I'd rather have it come have off the have, edge, like get the you, timing you hit there. The ball. Well, yeah. and Quay Walker wasn't even close, by the way. Like he cleared the center, but yeah. he was coming down when the ball was going up, and so it was like he had no chance to even right. block it. And if it um, is so, legal, the timing is have, huge. Yeah, and if it is legal, you have more people trying to do it which means there might be more instances where somebody mistimes it and then hurts themselves. So it's like slippery slope for that. Yeah. But I mean, you, I mean, I understand like the NFL needs to look at their sport. You know, we were saying also about CTE and players having it and the NFL doing nothing and the whole concussion. Like that was a whole controversy, you know, years ago about them trying to silence it, all that kind of stuff. So they have bad press with this thing, but at the same time, at what point, and this is kind of the argument, you know, that with all the rule changes with like kickoffs and things like that for like, I mean, essentially with the rules with kickoff now, it pretty much makes onside kicks nearly impossible now with their new rules. I'm um, so like that. Well, you can just fair catch like it now point, too. And, and yeah, you just fair catch it. I'll bring it up to the 25. Like, like all, like all those kind of rules. I get, I get to the point where I'm like, how, like the NFL is supposed to be physical, man. Like there's gonna, there is gonna be injuries. Yeah. We need to be doing our best to protect players from like head injuries and things like that. Like, totally get it. But at the same time, like, it's kind of like, I feel like it's kind of like helicopter parenting in a way where it's like you, you like when parents are just hovering over their kids um, and, and, and don't let them do anything at all that would be remotely, you know, dangerous or things like that. Yeah. Um, and, then, and, and then you end up having kids that are super sheltered or, you know, whatever, and that's just whatever. But that kind of ideology, I think, is kind of happening in the NFL where they're trying to, like, plan out for every single little possibility. For something to happen, and then at, at, at what point is it not the NFL? Like I, I again, I don't even know if I believe all of this, but like just playing that devil's advocate here, like because my opinion with the tush push, it's like, hey, they found it. I mean, uh, the rules technically say it's not, you know, it's it, it, it's good to go. The defense needs to find a way to stop it and be inventive because the offense was inventive to figure out, you know, this play to do this thing to get that one yard. Yeah, the, yeah, the quarterback sneaks lame. Yes, this is a lame thing to get, you know, half a yard. It's a lame. It's not fun to watch. But at the same time, I'm like, well, defense find a way to stop it. And but I do understand also the point of, you know, how much the NFL has catered to the offense. And so I think there's there's a lot here, like kind of what you said, Mike. Well, I I watched the I watched the Forty ers use a variation of this um, already with with Brock pushing to the left side, um, and uh, you know, and having uh, having Juice uh, their fullback uh, come off his right. And push him to forward to the left, because uh, the Forty ers boast one Trent Williams on the left side and uh, a guy. Don't forget Banks; uh, he's a three hundred fifty pounder. We yeah, we haven't we haven't mentioned the name uh, Aaron Banks a whole lot, um, but you guys are going to see him show up. I really feel on possibly on the All Pro list this year uh, at left guard. Um, but genuinely, the dude might be three hundred fifty pounds right now. He is a tank. <laughs> he's, he's so, so big. big. But they ran a variation of it off to the left. Dude, Brock didn't even need the push. He yeah. didn't even need it. He could have just walked forward because of the way they, they've uh, cemented the angles of that play. And I think we're going to start seeing some more variations. You know, I, I don't like you guys are talking about the quarterback portion of this push tush thing. And I also don't like the pile moving forward 
with running backs. I feel like they have been hesitant on the whistle because of the same thing this year. I saw a pile literally stop this last week and but it didn't move backwards and the whole and the whistle gets blown when they they can no longer advance and you can do a one to two count on it. So it's yeah. literally like and one and two and then they blow. Um that's that's how they've been doing it. Um the running back and I'm forgetting which game is within I apologize, I'll watch a bunch of games this week, but I remember sitting there thinking, Man, I think he just moved his foot backwards about foot and a half, maybe two, like adjusted his left foot, pushed off of it. And then a lineman grabs this running back, basically chucks him to the outside of the pile. And he goes running off another like four or five yards and then and and takes off. Like you said, it, it doesn't seem like the brand of football that we want. And it does seem like a brand of football that is going to cause injuries. I'm saying this is somebody whose team is right now trying to implement and utilize this rule to their advantage. I don't want to see my quarterback do it. I don't want these guys to get hurt. I don't want Jalen Hurts getting hurt, um, you know, or anybody else. And I got no problem, you know, like you, you guys pointed out, Jimmy Garoppolo going 11 for 12 um, and them going 14 for 16 here with it. It is defendable. You can do it. It's just the percentage is greatly on the offensive side. And I think this just goes to the trend of the league, which I know we probably already discussed here, but um, it's always going to benefit the offense. They want more points. Yeah, and, and they're gonna these these you know and sh- and whatever like two footers or you know that fourth and short that third and short they want it to benefit the offense because they know they know that's going to benefit viewership. So, well, yeah, and it's an exciting play, right? They're like it's fourth and one. Can they get the first down? You know, um, and and they want that excitement, and I get that. But at the same time, they've outlawed you know defensive linemen being able to use each other's leverage uh, against kicks and. Yeah. And yep. punts and things like that. And now the offense can use each other's mm-hmm. leverage as a, on a fourth and one. Um, it just doesn't it doesn't seem very sportsmanlike. I think that's I think that's part of my issue is is you've got this guy that has the ball and he's supposed to be your runner. And at point at any point in time, big old Jamison Williams that can overpower half a dozen people in a pile just comes up and like, here, let me give you a hand. And like he becomes kind of the guy. Well, just give him the ball in the first place. Why don't we do that? Um, you know, all off fridge back in the Bears. You know, mm-hmm. um, like I, I don't know. It just doesn't watch. seem. It doesn't seem very sportsmanlike, and that, I think that's kind of what bothers me. That's kind of what it comes back to. I mean, but but at the same time, it's it's how far do we go with it too, right? Because we don't want to take away quarterback sneaks. We don't want to take away the ability for the quarterback to be a runner and to do stuff. We're but we are just saying like we don't want to see them get pushed forward. That's really where we want to draw the line here, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to see players getting pushed or pulled forward. We want to see them advancing themselves. And then you're going to discuss, okay, like, like let's just say, all right, we make that decision. No more pushing forward. Well, how do we come alongside and nudging, like block some them forward? How do we not using our hands make this happen, right? Yeah, and that's, and that's exactly what we talked hands, about. That, get a that's why they... Pad. That's why they changed the rule in the first place is because they're like, we can't regulate yep. this rule. We have to change it because people are complaining yep. about it. We can't call it because we don't, we can't say for sure if they were assisting the runner or just hitting the linebacker. You know, it, it's such, it's such a bang, bang play. I think to fix this is you look at it and you look at what the Eagles are doing. Jalen hurts is being contacted by his players before he's contacting any other player. And I think that's how so you, you can, make the, you make a contact. You, you, so you're saying maybe change the rule to, the defense makes the contact and then 
Yeah, I think that would fix. That? I think that would but fix some of the contact initiated. Yeah, but he's got a mountain of like linemen in front of him. Like, there's a good we chance can't he can't even see half of what he does. Can't right. even see half of what he does. But also, like, how much is he really like? How are we going to be able to tell if the defense? Oh, the defense <laughs> has now touched him. Therefore, my yeah. thing is now it's tough. My because thing is there's the just no push him. in the back, and that's it. Just, yeah, you can't like if you can see a hold, you, you would push have the, the back, trenches. Push the booty. If you can see a block in the back on the field, you can see a quarterback the where everybody's eyes are. You can see the quarterback getting pushed in the back, and that's so where it should be like. Yeah, you're, you're saying no, no help for like from like no rear momentum help. Yeah, I don't know how to no, a better way to. But say I mean, that. well, no, but then, but okay, but then, then you essentially just reinstate the rule then because then so so does it is this only going to apply for quarterbacks? Is it where again like the situation that Mike was saying that kind of caused this rule change in the first place was like a running back you know he's got yeah. three guys in front of him that are trying to push the goal line a lineman comes up and just pushes him into the goal line does that is it going to apply to that is it just for quarterbacks is it are they literally going to make a tush push Ugh. rule like I'm out on any more rules that are just for quarterbacks I'm out on that I, like, <laughs> well that's where I am too yeah. like so that's where I go that's where I go I don't know how you can really. Yeah, regulate this because you either have to do it all, or or none. I mean, you don't no, have no. to. And, and you don't this, have to. Hitting the quarterback to. has different penalties than then. Why can't there be penalties on the offense for treating the quarterback a certain way, like a ragdoll? That's, that's yeah, boring. like because the thing is, again, yeah. for me, it's it's more on the player safety side of it. Because imagine you're just in like a group full of people, like in a in a packed arena where you're trying to sidestep and work your way through a traffic, and all of a sudden. Now someone's behind you shoving you and just like the lack of control that you have in this crowded space. Um, it's less about the competitive advantage, which is still certainly a thing. And to me more, as soon as somebody's pushing me from behind, I've now lost my footing. I'm not stepping where I'm trying to step. And so to me, it's more of a right. quarterback. Maybe if, maybe it's even a thing where they're like, uh, you know, in the pocket, like you can't do this. Maybe it's well, and the like giants, that. the giants on Sunday or Monday, when they played Monday night, right? Monday. They they had two injuries on their offensive line during their tush push. That they didn't get, by the way, because of those monsters that Seattle has oh, on the defensive line. Yeah. Well, you guys got like three yes, three hundred pounders right there. But yep. Um but two offensive linemen got crushed basically and and one missed what the rest of the game, I think. So Well they were both out. Yeah. Yeah, they were both out. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and you're just like, well okay, this is kinda not everybody's, you know, got the line that the Eagles have, by the way, which is a phenomenal line. Which means, why are you even needing the touch push for one? And I don't think they really need it anyway. But no, I the think it's just an insurance kind of play. The, yeah, the fact that you're you're the way they're lining up from the snap of the ball, those two big guys behind Jalen Hurts are pushing him forward before he's even surged forward himself. That's an easy call, right? Like that's an easy like. Obviously, you're assisting the runner there, and and that's the way I look at it. Yeah. Now, out on the side, you've got the running back hits a guy, or you know gets hits a linebacker. They wrap him up. They're pushing each other. It's kind of a standstill. Another linebacker comes and stops. Uh, you know, kind of pushing him back, and then a lineman comes and hits one of the linebackers, and everybody falls forward. That's a bang bang. That's different than setting up a play. And and utilizing that push, and I think that's I think that would be really easy to regulate. Well, I agree that that's different. Yeah, I agree that it's different. I just don't know how. 
What if they made the rule? What if they made the rule only? Um, it had you could get receive a forward momentum push, but it had to be past the line of scrimmage. Uh, there you go. Or outside the like pocket. you just eliminate outside yeah, the pocket yeah, or past the line of scrimmage. in the pocket. Like that's where the problem is because that's where all the bodies yeah. are. As soon as you're out, I do think that's a very boundary. That's an easy way to distinct it. Like that's a very easy way for that line in the sand to be. Here's what it is. Here's what it isn't. Play ball. Oh man. Yep. I mean, you, that's the. Th- I feel think like of that's the pulling guard scenarios that are going to happen here. Like, <laughs> just Jalen Hurts takes the ball wide and does screen, the Brock push, Purdy, push. and then well, like they all go. To- well, well, you guys remember last year, like the the Trent Williams uh, in motion play, where he just comes across. I think it was against the Cardinals, and he literally goes in motion as a as a tight end and just comes across the back end of the line and slaughters some poor unfortunate soul. Like, oh, you're going to see some of that kind of stuff if you were to institute something like this. Because then the idea will you, be you it's going to be at the line it. of scrimmage. I mean, but you just reset it on the outside. Right. You just reset the whole pull thing the on the guard. outside. Pull pull the entire left side, push it to the right, or pull the right side, push it to the left. Yep. And as soon as they get outside the pocket, you if if it's six inches past where the ball is, then you get to do this. Yeah. And you just kind of take I your mean, chance. I mean, you're and you're either going to have an A gap or a B gap, right? It's still the same scenario. You either are fast enough to get it done, or that play is blown up. Because J- when Jalen does it, it's he does have a read that he's making. If you guys have noticed, yeah. it's almost fifty percent over the left side, shoulder, yeah. or the right shoulder. Yeah, he he's watching it. He's like, uh, what was it? He, he they somebody asked him after one of the games. He goes, "Did you know which side you were going to?" And he goes, "Yeah, the side that Vita Vea wasn't on." <laughs> like, <laughs> and that should pretty much just be your answer. Whoever the smaller guy is, yeah, that I'm, guy. I'm going for that guy. But no, it's uh, it's it'll be really interesting. I think after this season to see what the competition committee does. And how they address it, because it does seem to be gaining enough attention right now to where this will be like the rule is, of the offseason. And this, this is gets changed. We're only four weeks in. We're, we're a month in. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, I, they looked carry at it over this from last year, year too. They, did. they said they yeah. looked at it last year. And, and I think it comes down to how unregulatable it is. Like we, we already talked about it. Like it's hard to call pushing. That's why they took it out in the first place. They had that conversation. I guarantee you. But I, I think something like what we just came up with, like, okay, you can't push the pile from the pocket, you know, like, let that be organic. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, sure. I, yeah. I've seen the Jalen Hurts tush push so many times. I would call that carrying that guy half the time. What those two guys are doing, like from behind, right? They're getting up underneath him and lifting him forward. Like that, that's the that's definitely was with Daniel pushing. Jones on Monday Night Football. Like they were, oh, they were yeah. he was laying on top it. of all of them. Yeah. yeah, and he's laying on I top mean, of you, them. You're carrying like that. That's the part where you're not supposed to carry. You're not supposed to pull. Right, and, and then kind of crossing that line, and and it just doesn't seem very sportsmanlike. And and, and that, that was my piece. Tush push, mic drop. I don't think it's a good thing for the sport. I think it's unsafe for the QB. Anytime you're not in control of your own body and what you're doing with it, I think it's a dangerous situation. And and yeah. that's what the tush push leads yeah. to. And and I I think we. I will say, I think we found like the way it's behind the line of scrimmage or outside the pocket. I think that's the only way you could really regulate yeah. it. So, con- so congratulations, NFL committee. We've just done your job. Yep. You're welcome. We, we know you definitely listen to this podcast. Yeah, so not congratulations. Of charge, by the way, we'll be expecting a check. Yep. Yeah. yeah. 100%. There's, sort of a, there's a finder's fee, yeah. royalty. Something every time, uh, every time it's called, podcast get, at gmail.com. Yep. Yeah, uh-huh. three cents a year. I yep. I'll give you. I can give you the checking and routing information anytime you'd like. Sportsify it. podcast yeah. at gmail uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, while we've got you, Mike, uh, and let's just keep rolling. We got we got two little segments we could hit. 
One is that we skipped over earlier because we wanted to get you in here. Um, I would I wanted to do this new segment week to week. We complain a lot about the atrocities that occur on the sidelines of NFL games each week and people who shouldn't have jobs that do. Um, and so as a fun new segment, um, I wanted to uh, to start a power ranking. OK. Uh, and, and the power ranking is this. Which coordinator and or coach deserves to be fired this week? Uh, we're going to rank them one through three. We're just going to do a top three each week. Um, I think number three, uh, this is for it's my based on money. This week. It's based on this week, right? It, yes. It is right now for my money. The worst team in the NFL right now is still the Chicago Bears. I uh, won a game and haven't won a game have found. I mean, they, they lost the game in the first quarter against the Chiefs um, and they just seem to find ways to lose consistently. So um, Eberfuss is doing nothing uh, to make that team better, uh, nor his quarterback better. They seem destined to a number one pick right now. So for me, I got him slotted in at three. As I'm moving through, I know you guys can see what I'm looking at is in terms of two or one. So if you've got somebody else you'd recommend for three, okay. go for it. I'll go first. Well, I guess second. Uh, my top three is uh, Matt Canada. No, oh, number three. I just we're, want number we're three. Just doing number three right oh. now. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. My number three is Matt Canada. Okay. Right now, that's your number three, Jameson. Uh, I would say Eberflus is my three as well. I, I won't. They're okay. they're terrible. But I, I'll kind of give them some slack. That team doesn't really have any uh, thoughts of being good anytime soon. So, yeah, I, I have to like, agree with you. I think I think Iberflus has not done a great job. He's a defensive-minded coach, and his defense is not good. Um, it, they they got some pieces that they should have gotten better, and they just haven't. Um, and so that's on him a little bit. But uh, but our other two spots, I think, are a little more shiny. Justin Fields is just not a good quarterback, well, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. A little, a, mm-hmm. a little warmer, you may say. Yeah, a little warmer, the, the, a little hotter. Yeah. The seat's getting hotter. Yeah. Okay. So in the number two spot, I complain about him every single week. I hate his guts, and I hope he does not have a job in the NFL ever again after he gets fired. Okay. I, I just Staley's horrible. Poo poo. He is so bad. Um and the consistently the Chargers if just any of us were as bad at our jobs as he is, we wouldn't have any of would, them. We would be doing this podcast a whole lot more because we'd have all the time in the world, dude. We'd be cleaning toilets at a you know <laughs> at a gym near you. Like this is ridiculous what he's doing. Cleaning uh, toilets at the gas every week. Absolutely. Uh, so I've got him slotted at number two. Grant, my number two. I'm really I'm very aware of what I'm doing. My number two is Matt Canada. Uh, my number two. <laughs> Your number is three also was Staley. Matt Canada. Yes, my number two, number is, Matt two is Matt Canada. Uh, Jameson, <laughs> your number two. Yeah, uh, I said my number two. I agree with you. It's it's Staley. Um, kind of unquestionable at this point. Uh, he should not be around. I I think probably not for the second half of the season. Um, but he shouldn't have been around maybe to start the season either after that playoff loss. So yeah, I'm going to slot him for two. Agreed. Um, very Truth. underperforming considering the roster, which I know some of those guys aren't doing what we thought they would, but still can't underperform like that. 
Mike, you're number two. My uh, number two is Canada. I'm, I'm going with uh, Grant over here. I, I have reasons for mm-hmm. it too, but I, I think I want to start with the, the number one on, on how I okay. break it down. Well, for me, I mean, we've said his name multiple times. We're moving into the one slot here. Uh, it's him till it ain't him. Uh, Matt Canada needs to be fired as the Steelers offensive coordinator. They, again, massively underperformed. I understand that Pickett went out of the game. Um, Trubisky went a whopping like three for five after he went out of the game. Um, And this team just can't put points on the board. This is the second time this season they have lost 30 to six. It's the second time in the season where four games in, they've already lost 30 to six twice. They can't hit 300 yards. They can't get first downs. They can't make good decisions to sustain drives. Najee Harris getting the ball at a shotgun, at a shotgun on Dude. fourth and one. To hear Big Ben break it down, <laughs> he literally said, I just yelled at the TV, what are you doing? Because what these guys do is they run power ball and you don't put your quarterback under center on fourth and one. Najee is averaging five yards a carry. Five. And having the best game of the season so far. And was, oh, that game. You're talking yeah, about that yeah. game. Okay. So, so far. So he's definitely not. And the dude the season, goes but. to shotgun and hands it off on fourth and one and makes him shimmy in the backfield if you and don't gets stuffed. No football. That's the exact opposite of what you I, do. It was a borderline stretch play the way they ran it. Like this is so you Najee Harris might be one of the slowest starting running backs in the NFL right now and you do that. I just yeah. it's consistently so bad and it's just embarrassing that he has a job. To, uh, I mean, the guy is just awful. To piggyback on that, number since uh, sounds like the other number ones here are going to be different, um, I'll just include my Matt Canada piece as well. Um, I mean, this goes whoa, back whoa, to whoa. last season. Are you just doing Matt Canada for all three? Is that why you're... Well, possibly. Keep going. Keep going. I'll, I'll interject. Okay. Well, I, I was just going to say, going back to last season, I mean, I talked about basically every week the Steelers came up, how unwatchable they were um, because they had way too many primetime games and were just a a chore to watch their games honestly and that's continued through this year uh, i can't remember if i had mentioned it on this show um and this stat is actually now a few weeks old um but considering how bad they've been i believe this streak is still continuing so at the time i jotted this down uh they were 37 straight games under matt canada where the steelers have not gained more than 400 yards of offense um so you can add another probably like two maybe even three weeks in there depending on when i wrote this down so they're either at like 39 or 40 straight games under matt canada where that offense has not gained more than 400 yards that's just unacceptable unbelievable mike go ahead i'm gonna give grant the floor at the end here all right well i'm i'm gonna say staley's my number one that he needs to go and it is for the reasons you've stated i think it is it is more egregious what he's done to this step roster than what Matt Canada has actually worked with on that Steelers offense. I, I'm sorry, the Steelers offense Strong point. Is, is not good with the players that that offensive line is bad. They can't they can't run block. They they're just Najee Harris, I think, is a decent running back, and he's being stuffed at the line, not given a chance to move. 
those those receivers are getting errant balls from a mediocre maybe quarterback. We're kind of seeing him grow that a little be, bit. That still. might be a little. That might be I, a little generous. I I just don't see him being a good quarterback. And I mean, he has flashes, and then he's terrible. I'm like, okay, Fitzpatrick in the young years, you know. And and you're looking at this, and I'm just like, okay, so there's not a whole lot. But Staley, like, we go into this year, we go into last year, we're looking at this team, we're like, these guys should be Super Bowl contenders. This team is loaded. And he's, he's, I feel like the coaching is running them into the ground. The, the players aren't playing hard for them. Like, it, it's bad, bad coaching. And, and I think Eberflus, I think Canada has a little bit of an out saying, our teams aren't good. It's hard to coach up bad yeah. teams sometimes. It's it's hard to yeah. coach down a good team sometimes. Like honestly, Staley. It's pretty impressive. Like it's pretty he's, impressive. He's, what he's standing there doing his thing. Yeah, yeah. He's I mean, doing you, it. He's doing the thing. Yeah, you got to you got to trade an all pro cornerback. Uh, you know, for a half a round pick, and like you got to do some interesting things to make your team suck this bad. Um, but yeah. All right, Grant. My number one is Matt Canada. So, yeah, <laughs> my number two, three is Matt three. Canada. My number two is Matt Canada. No, my actual ranking would be Matt Canada. Then I would go Staley. Then I go Iberflus. I think with Staley, because it's like, it says fired this week. So I, I have to take account, like, the Chargers did win. They won handsomely. It wasn't against a, a bad Raiders team. I understand that. Um, and a, a bunch of their players did shine. With Iberflus, yeah, I mean, there's nothing going on here. Like, that, I mean... Iberflus, they're probably going to just fire him in before Christmas, probably just because he, he's on a bad team. It's a losing team. It's a second year. That's usually around if if players will get you know let go last you know last month or so they'll have the interim. Um, but no, Matt Canada is terrible. Uh, he's he's really terrible and he's really terrible and really bad. <laughs> and for all the reasons that we stated, I don't need to say anything more. So bad. He's bad. Well, man, if, uh, if Michigan gonna... wins the national championship. What's Harbaugh. the what's the likelihood you see Harbaugh either Harbaugh. at the Chargers or like at the Bears? Because the he, Bears are dude, looking I mean, at with the amount two, of, two, of the attention he gets every week. Yeah, like the Bears are looking to have yeah. the top two picks. Like I right think now. he would. I think he yeah. would want to go Williams to and Harrison alone. Like they're one. And, and they've got one and two. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you take Caleb Williams and sell the second one for whatever you can get, and like uh, just go I all dra- in? I draft. Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. And then I already have DJ Moore and I'm just locked and loaded ready to go. Darnell Mooney's your third? That's a pretty solid receiving core. Yeah. I mean, I would do that. Like, Cole if I were Kmet a Bears had a heck fan, of a day this week. Right now. Like Cole Komet did all right. Yep. Oh, you just got to go get that third round running back and then you're solid. Embrace right? the suck. Yeah, exactly. Embrace the suck, Bears fans. Embrace the suck. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been doing it for a while, but embrace it a little bit longer. I mean, Khalil, Khalil Herbert, like, we like promise it'll go Caleb better. It's already like probably better well, than a lot of quarterbacks there, yeah. in this league. There's also a lot of people that, that really feel that Harbaugh would only come back to an NFC team because he doesn't want to be in the AFC with his brother. Yeah. There's a no. lot of people that have said that too. That was part of the reason the 49er job was appealing in the first place, but um, you know, mm. that he would only come back to an NFC team and there there's going to be an opening there most likely. So, um we got to get to our pickem uh before we let Mike run. Uh so we want to give update. Uh Grant had Let's another go. solid week. Let's go. Uh we we four, four and one. We four and one. Four and one. Four and one. So he improved to 14 and 6. Um, Mike went 
five and zero. Uh, pulled Jumped himself up, up by his bootstraps. He's at thirteen and seven. Jameson and I are now tied at twelve and eight. Jameson was at seven and eight, so, so he, he also week? went five and yeah. zero. Five and zero, baby. I went three and two because I zagged. Yep. I but I stupidly zagged. I almost got you guys though. You, I had the Colts. On? I had the Colts, and that I had, was my that was yeah. My and I, I Colts as well. I had the Packers. Yeah, that'll, so that'll I, teach but you yeah, guys I was trying to bet against the Rams zag again. with the Colts and didn't work. But that's okay. <laughs> um, I will bet it against the Rams multiple times. I do hate the Rams. Never mind. I don't know. Um, so that's where the standings are. But I mean, overall, guys, we got to feel pretty good. Uh, well, this is our third year doing this. Top, this is our, the best record we've dude, had our, to the this number point. Number one, number one, which is myself and Jameson. The the bottom are within two games of each other. Um, like, yeah, that's the spread. Yeah. Also. I, th- I think good. this is the first time that Grant has been positive. Uh, after dude, four I, was, weeks. I, was, I was about to say, dude, Wait, I was about to say that. A lot um, of weeks left. Last year, this was the opposite. I would probably yeah. have been six and fourteen. You probably were somewhere around there. It was pretty bad. No, Last I was year probably, was. I, pr- I honestly, for all the, the dumb jokes, I was probably having around five hundred. Like by was, the end, yes, but you yeah. did come back mid-season. That's right. Um. Well, this week I've got our five games. I'll be honest; it was hard this week. There's some cruddy matchups this week. Yeah. Uh. There's some obvious winners. This is also the first bye week, so we do have uh some teams not playing like the Chargers, the Bucks. Uh, other teams that are yep, uh, other competitive squads. So like we, uh, I, it was a little, little slimmer picking. So uh, and and <laughs> I apologize for using some of the same teams, but these were the best matchups we had. Um, I'm just gonna start. I didn't. I put them in a certain order, but I'm just gonna start with the one I don't like at all. Um, and that is the Saints at the Patriots. That one Ugh. is the two and two Saints going at the one and three Patriots. Um, this game. This game might actually even be more unwatchable than the Bears Broncos. I because don't. Is is James Winston starting again this I week? I don't know, but I, I'm saying it's unwatchable because like it was at least exciting to watch the the, the fact that these are two really bad teams with the Broncos right. and, the, and the Bears, and it's like who's gonna want it more? Who's gonna want to you know? It'll end up being a good game. And it'll be a good game, but like Saints Patriots. Who on earth is excited for that outside of Patriots and Saints fans? I don't even think Patriots and Saints fans are excited for this game. Um, I think some Saints fans are because Kamara's back. Kamara's back. Oh, Kamara's back. He That's was a back, real thing. He was back last week. He no. said, it, he, "Yeah, was he? Yes, he said he it was only suspended for the Did first he? three weeks." Yeah, he had thirteen catches for thirty-three yards, which is the most amount of catches for the least amount of yards in NFL history. So that still got him to ten points, huh? Yeah, thirteen nice. catches, On the half PPRs. Yeah. The uh, that's also uh, the stat of the week. Saints haven't scored true. twenty points this season, play. by the way. Man, there's all, another coach that I don't think that, anybody's. You really mean that team you with. love hasn't scored any uh, any points? I really, lo- I love when the Saints um, lose. Okay, we got to pick this game though, guys. <laughs> Where's it at? Uh, it's it, oh, it's at New England. So the second team I say it'll be at Saints at Patriots. Uh, I'm probably gonna go Patriots. Just- Oof. <sighs> Okay, do you see? I, you said it. You said it. Yeah. Is Derek Carr? Still I don't out? love it. Yeah, that, that's What's the that? information that I need. Is the Derek? Carr so information. yeah, this is. Let's let's do a little research. I just think that Bill Belichick is going to duke James Winston to throwing twelve picks. If Carr's out, I'm taking the Patriots. If Carr's in, I'm taking the Saints. The Patriots aren't good. Yeah, and the, I think Carr could get it done. The the Patriots also suffered obviously a couple of key injuries now. Um, Judon is yeah, They got their all-pro cornerback. And Christian Gonzalez is out for the season. Um, 
This one's actually tough because I do legitimately think both of these teams are very bad. Um, but if it's right. in Gillette, I'm going head, this is a head coach matchup for me. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to take the Patriots. I might even take them if they had Carr, if I'm being honest, because he has really say? He was limited excited, at practice but, today, Derek oh, Carr. Oh, if Carr was limited at practice on Wednesday, he's playing. That's, I mean, a quarterback if, being if limited. If you practiced we at all on means. Wednesday, then yeah, you're, you're yeah. pretty you're chilling. Okay, but so... I'm still going to take the I'm going to go Patriots. They're, they're bad, but oh, I think geez. the Saints just can't even score points and... It's I don't, at home, I don't envision Allen's the Patriots five worst coaches in football. So there you go. I think it's Dennis Allen. <laughs> Whatever I say, Allen. I, yeah, probably. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> Who cares? That guy is not going to have a job Who for a while. Who cares? Um, I'm going Michael, Saints. I'll let you go and then I'll pick. I'm going Saints. Let's do it. You're going Saints? I don't Just feel good them? about my Patriots <sighs> pick for Kamara's Kamar, back for sure. Olave's feeling good. I mean, Carr's feeling better. And then yeah, defense forget is still it. Decent. I'm going Saints too. Yep. I'm with Mike. I'll go Saints. All right, we're splitting that. All right, we're split on that one. Uh, that ended up being more conversation than I thought it would be. Uh, <laughs> let's go to another stinker. Uh, we got two one and three teams. Yay. I know, and I feel bad that I we're putting one of these teams in here two weeks in a row. Uh, the Jets at the Broncos. That's at Broncos. I'm going Broncos. I just again, I like the quarterback play is better. Jets defense though. The Broncos' defense is historically Zach Wilson bad right played now. well. Yeah. Uh, it's at home, though. Right? Zach Wilson, mile high, yes. Come on mile taking high? the Broncos. Yeah. I'm taking the Broncos, too. Uh, again, I also think that, even though yeah. Sean Payne's not doing too hot right now, he's a far better coach than Salah is for what it, you know, for coaching matchups. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take them, too. All right. You're going Broncos, Broncos, Broncos. You gonna zag? Mm-hmm. I don't think zag, the Jets can score enough points. Yeah, yeah I, think that's I think fair. I think Wilson right. can put up like 24, 20, 24, and that'll win them. And, and I don't that'll think I don't think Wilson. Yeah. Or, yeah, I don't think Zach Wilson can do that. Zach Wilson cannot score more than twenty points. Um, his defense could, but he can't. Yeah, well, that's um, a good point. <laughs> the <laughs> the Texans at the Falcons. Two and two teams. The Falcons the have Texans. been playing well at home. First. Taking the Texans. Oh, the Arthur Smith mustache. You're going against it. Texans are just on mm-hmm. fire right now, dude. I love that that guy's name is Arthur. <laughs> Desmond Ritter is also one of the Arthur. three worst quarterbacks in football right now. They can't score enough Bingo. Points. He is one of the quarterbacks of all time. Preach it. He is one of the quarterbacks of all time. He is one of them. He is also wasting Kyle Pitts and Drake London right now. Um, yeah, I'm going Texans. Texans look like they're playing good football. I'm taking the Texans. I'm also going to take the Texans on this one. I, I just okay. I picked them last week. Flush. And we all oh got man. that one. I got I got to CJ going. Stroud. Just saying. This I like CJ so Stroud. Can we can we watch the Texans play primetime football? Could this be a primetime game? That would be awesome. Please, for the love of God, flex out the Jets in primetime. Why have they not done that after the the second it was confirmed that Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles? Why do they not they just get rid of put the all the owners in a like meeting and they're like, and they played the sorry, Chiefs, Mr. Allen, you know Taylor what we got to do. There and they want that. Oh, kill yeah. me! And, that and, stupid and, game was the national game of the week. I am so you glad. saw that one coming and you still did it. You pieces of garbage. <laughs> like, Ugh, why anyway. did they not have just flexed the 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 Bills Dolphins game right then? 
that week. They can't they can't like, flex until like week eight, week seven or eight or something like that. Is when it's yeah, it's, it's that's so the TV stupid. rules. Yeah, TV so rules. Stupid. Um. Okay. Uh, next one is oh, this one's a good one. Titans at the Colts. Titans Sport played some something? surprising twenty seven. Oh wait, yeah, it's twenty seven three. The Titans played some good football this last week. Colts Again, they put they scored five times. Colts played great in the loss to the Rams. These man, this is tough. I struggled with this one. I'll be the first to go on this one. Um, I'm going to take the Colts at home. I, I, I just love their brand of football. I I'm going Colts as well, just because of the home. Jonathan Taylor John- gets the winning touchdown. I'm not uh, going to call the that, quarter. but I'm just calling because I think these teams are actually pretty evenly matched it's in fair. terms of what they've done. I think I just got to go with the home team. That's uh, that's where I said I'm, I'm taking the Colts too. I they've kind of become basically ever since we did our preseason stuff. I'm looking at all these South teams that weren't supposed to be good, and now I feel like I'm rooting for like my my son. I'm like yes, it's a little yes, you it's can a little do train it. that could yeah. So it's like. The, the Colts, the Texans, the Falcons, like all those kinds of teams. I'm like, let, let's see him roll. Uh, but I, I do think, I, like I was, I was obviously nervous against the Colts last week. So I, I think they're really, really solid. And I think they take it. I think Mike. this is a rivalry game. And it's a good start. I think that this, this Titans team has owned the Colts for the past oh. three years. And I'm taking the Zag. Titans. Zag, oh, zag, 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 zag. No. Somebody had the zag. Yeah, I, I think uh, the Colts could easily win this game, but these two teams get up to play each other, and it's usually like a slug out, like seventeen, fourteen game. They yeah. hate part each me, other. Part of me wonders beautiful. now, though, like if there's going to be any difference in that coaching philosophy now that there's a whole different regime over there in Indianapolis, where it's like the way that they scheme isn't maybe what like they've been scheming for the past three years is a little bit more difficult to deal with, but I, I definitely defenses yeah, show up, man. Vrabel's Vrabel, Vrabel, defenses show yeah. up against those Colts. Yeah, I agree, but yep. I'm still going to say cool. All right. Goodwood. Last one. Cowboys one of the weekend. at the 49ers on Sunday night football. All right, Mike Can't. and Connor or Mike, Mike and <laughs> Matt, just say it. Yeah, well, we're definitely both taking the 49ers, but it's for very obvious reasons. Um, you have the you have a guy that's playing quarterback for the 49ers who hasn't lost a game that he has both started and finished. He is literally undefeated in the regular season. It has the to offense come in at some is point. clicking. Um, More importantly, and they the have Cal- Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> who is. No, I, no, no, no. We guys. have a good luck charm that plays quarterback, okay, and doesn't miss receivers at all. And then we we have uh, the best running back in the NFL. That's second. We have the best left tackle in the NFL. Uh, we have, in my mind still and for my money, uh, the most efficient and effective pass rusher uh, in the NFL on this team. And genuinely, like, it's just... The Cowboys are going to lose this game because of one specific human being that plays quarterback for them <laughs> who can't play quarterback in the second, the third, and the fourth quarter, which, by the way, is when the 49ers are awesome. So I just, there's nothing that's going to stop this team 
against the Cowboys. I don't care how good that or opportunistic that defense has been. I'm going to say that specifically. They've been very opportunistic. And they've done a great job getting turnovers. I don't want to take anything away from them. But their quarterback can't get them back into games. He's going to have to because this offense has not scored less than 30 points this year. 30, 30, 30, and 35. Um, it's it's not unstoppable. Don't get me wrong. I've seen I've seen it stop or stall out at times. But the Cowboys are going to get rolled over. This is in San Francisco. Um, and I'm not saying it's a 15-plus pointer, but it's two scores. Whew. Big prediction. I'm, I'll just get mine out of the way. I think 49ers are going to win this one. Um, but I think Micah Parsons still gets three sacks off the right side of that off 49ers offensive line. Um, I, I just don't see. It happened see. one time, Mike. It happened just, one time, and it was TJ Watt. I don't, I don't see, I don't see McKivitz being able to hold up to Parsons on that right hand side, and so I think, I think wrong. Dallas might walk away with four or five sacks, and the 49ers still win this game. I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be close, just like these two have been the last several years. It'll be a defensive knockout game. I just don't think. I think Dak Prescott's going to be Dak Prescott, and he's going to turn it over once or twice, and Brock Purdy won't. And that's going to be the difference in the game. Um, Dak Prescott has the worst QBR in the second, third, and fourth quarters in the NFL. No, no, I, I, I agree with you. I, I've never been worse a Dak than guy. Joe Burrow. I've never been a Dak guy. For, I mean, you watch the game and you can kind of see why. But um, <laughs> I'm also going to take the Niners here, um, and I don't, I don't want to say it's not going to be particularly close. But I agree with Matt. This is probably going to be a two-score game, in my opinion. Um, the thing with the 49ers that's particularly scary is obviously, you know, last year they get McCaffrey, which really unlocks what Shanahan can do. But I think this season, what's really taken that to a whole other level is like the, finally, like the true emergence of Brandon Ayuk. I think mm. that element in the in the offense was, n- now you just have another guy you have to worry about. Obviously, Kittle isn't the guy he used to be from like a receiving threat. Uh, but when you have Debo and you have McCaffrey, and now you also have a guy like Ayuk and like Matt was talking about earlier, a guy who's catching six balls on first downs and four of them are going for a first down. Um, and Brock Birdie's not making mistakes. Um, I don't think the Cowboys are going to have the opportunity to be as op- uh, opportunistic as they have been. And I think the Niners right now are just by far the best team in the NFL. Uh, and I think they take it by two scores. Yeah. I'm really torn here because. I just pulled up the schedule just to look because I just, there's this, this thought where I'm like, well, I don't think no team is going undefeated. Like, I, it's just not a thing. Like, teams are going to lose games. Um, there, there, there's what I want to have because what I want is I want the Niners to lose. Um, <laughs> but I'm just looking like this is probably the Niners' second toughest game of the season. They play the Eagles uh, beginning of December. And then it's, it's pretty much the Eagles, number one. You know, this this this, this Cowboys team number two. Um, and really, it's only those two games that I see where I can see an outcome where the Niners walk away with, with a loss. That Not much faith what? in your Seattle team, huh? I, I mean, the Seahawks are definitely the number I, three team here. They're the number on three. The, and the I, difficulty on I the definitely schedule. think we're going to win one because you guys, it's the, it's the Seahawks, Eagles, Seahawks again. So I don't yeah. envision. It's, I don't envision. It's, it's hard. It's hard to beat for 49ers to beat Seattle in Seattle. It, it's, a, it's a real thing. It's hard. But bring but, it. 
But Thanksgiving Day. Thanksgiving Day. I'm I know. It looks so good. I'm going to ruin your Thanksgiving. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> um, but uh, part of me feels like I just want to zag because we've had way too many. I got I to gotta stretch my lead. But I don't think it's okay. Just my, pick. My pick is, is I'm, I'm going to say the Cowboys win on paper, but I know they're not going to. Does that make sense? Like, that's my, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They're not going to win, but I want that to try and get a, another win because I'm now really take these pickums really serious because I want, oh, this I is where he's going to start screwing stop, up, stop, guys. Stop, stop, stop. He's going to probably the worst seriously. one to zag on. Gonna, <laughs> you could have picked it. No, I agree. No, it's not the worst one to zag on. It's, you could have beat the Colts. This, this is finally, this is finally an opportunity. This is an, an actual <laughs> final, like a final test, uh, finally a test for this. 49ers offense like are you kidding me you played the Steelers you've played the Rams you've the, the Rams are I think are a better team yeah okay I'm, I'm recognizing that but you've played the Giants you've played the Cardinals yeah like come on like you've go look cupcake at who have the Dallas Cowboys played go look the oh, Giants, I know the, Giants. I know the well. Cardinals the oh, Cardinals who they oh, lost no. I, they I know lost as well to. I know as well I think this is a this is an actual test for both teams to really see what these teams are like for both yeah. of these teams I, that's why I'm really excited about this game. It's a bummer I can't watch it live, but I think this is an actual legitimate test for both teams because both teams have played it's cupcakes. Fair. And so it's like, what what is Brock Purdy going to do? Like Brock Purdy's never had to like come back from a game and win a game. He's never yep. had to do that. But no, we've that also seen what uh, what Dak Prescott and McCarthy cook up yep. in a close game against the 49ers, and it's not pretty. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott blocking. I will also say that's not technically true. He had to beat the Dolphins last year. Uh, so, so, no, I just, you're, you're not wrong about some stuff. Um, I definitely think that's the biggest test the 49ers have until December. And, uh, yeah, the one a, thing I would say is like walk. the, 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 not, I mean, the Jaguars aren't, it's, it's at Jacksonville. That's not, that's not a no. like super easy one. They do have to play at Cleveland next week. Um, Cleveland has good defense. Although their offense sucks, so good luck to them. Yeah, um, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they, they. But I mean, the Cowboys did choke on one of their cupcakes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cardinals a team that the 49ers just beat by 19. But we also know the parody of the NFL. Um, you can use the Giants as the example of that right now too. Yep. Um, so I totally get it. But uh, yeah, yeah I, was, I, I think it's I a just, bad matchup for the Cowboys. I just have to play probability here because yeah. because the 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 49ers are not going to go undefeated like i just don't see no i don't think so either I, so, I keep telling myself that all the time we're gonna lose like probably it's three. gonna be like to arizona or something it's gonna be it's gonna be to arizona or something it's gonna be a game it's gonna they be some don't get bull crud game so. where yeah. somebody gets injured and I, I'm, just I'm gonna get the, angry i'm just playing the prop stuff. i'm just playing the probability of yeah. like a it's fair you know with a, a extremely talented defense now that offense is whatever it's something to sneeze at Speaking um, of the Cowboys. Speaking of the Cowboys, yeah. That's that's definitely something to sneeze at. Um, so that's, that's where I, I envision, because I think they're going to, you know, after this game, they're going to go probably win three or four in a row here again. Like right probably afterwards. four in a row. That'd be, yeah, like four in a row. So then what? You're at eight and one? Is that, at? that would be eight and one there. Like, and then you got... That's I not mean, me. This is not me saying the Niners are not going to lose games. Like that they're going to like tank here. I'm just saying that the probability, like this is the best defense that they'll play Almost all season. By the way, the Eagles. 49ers the also get uh, primetime cousins. Just throwing that out there. That's true. Yeah. This is the only week where I'm not starting my Cowboys defense. So take hey, that for what it's worth. I know, dude. 
Attitude. It's fair. Well, uh, we're going to get to fantasy in just a minute. We've got can our I, picks Can I say something in... real quick, real, real quick? Uh-oh. I'm yeah. something well, I want to throw out there for pick so fine. <laughs> is we do a family pick in my house, right? It's me and my, my brothers okay. and my dad and stuff. And I, we started putting my kids in there. My five-year-old is in like third place. Mopping the floor. Let's go. For our family pick them basically over here. And it's it's incredible because all he does is he picks his favorite animals. That's like the core. He is a dude. And he is just bears. Like he hates bears. Yeah. Like I'm 44 (laughs) and 20 on the right. So I'm, I'm in the lead. I'm like well ahead of everybody. But but he's like 38 and 26 and he's like pushing it and he's just picking like he's like I'll always pick the Bengals and he's but he's still like send, I don't know he, he picks the Lions for like every game it's fantastic it's so good I just had to throw that out there for everybody if nothing else go out there and bet on your favorite animal. animal that's that's not bad that's, advice that's not a terrible yeah. way to do it there are certainly worse ways to do it that's, that's for yeah, dang yeah. sure <laughs> um, I mean anyway thanks there, for having me guys I just want to throw that out there for you yeah, oh, that's fair. Bit right there. All right. Well, we're going to say goodbye to Mike and the mic drop for the week, and we're going to finish up with some fantasy football. We'll see you, buddy. Have Adios. Fun. Have a good one. Well, the, um, I mean, I was just going to point out, though, um, I definitely dated someone who used to pick uh, who they thought was going to win by the look of the quarterback. Oh, yeah. That well, was her I, go-to I mean, move. I've seen, I've seen, you know, videos on Instagram and things like that where, like, wives pick like a team based on how attractive they are. Yes. And then like they give that team to the husband to like manage and things like that. Oh, you like the fantasy thing. Yeah. yeah. yeah for the, fantasy. fantasy football. Yeah. The I mean, um, Raiders fans have been doing that for every Jimmy G year, basically. They're not Raiders. They love, yeah. they love the Raiders, right? Listen. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> it, it, how ridiculous is it, by the way, that that guy's hair started to go silver when he went to Las Vegas. He was so he's got this, there. But he's got the full-on silver and black with the silver and black. That is just Jimmy G, like, ridiculous. I mean, uh, I will say, serious? Look at that. Yeah, I just pulled up a picture looks, of it. He looks unbelievable with that. It's perfect. So he's annoying. George Clooney. Um, he also looks 50 in that photo. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, the... Uh, <laughs> My, my I've, I've said this before. My no one in my family listens to this podcast, okay? Because they, I grew up in a family that hated sports and especially football. Um, but as, I pain. don't know if I've said this out loud on the podcast. My mom used to never watch football with me, but there was one specific <laughs> guy yeah, 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 yeah. that, no matter when he <laughs> came on the screen, my mom like on Sunday afternoons. You know, we we've already eaten. Uh, you know, like our Sunday afternoon dinner, or whatever. Um, and I'd be sitting there like on the couch watching the afternoon game. And because this team played my team often, I noticed uh, that when they did, my mom would come and sit and watch a game with me. And 100%, his helmet comes off. And let me tell you, Mr. 13 Kurt Warner could just my get my mom <laughs> on the couch next to me and she would never admit it. I don't even know if she knew his name, but she would see that face and, and that like, hair oh, hello. and that nice smile that that guy has. Like the Mr. Just, hey, how you doing? You know, my name's Kurt. Good to meet you. That good guy vibe that he gives off. And she would just melt into that couch, bro. 
every <laughs> stinking time. She's just like me. She she <laughs> like <laughs> you melt on the couch she, every time. But yeah. she legit like like when he went to the Giants, he went to the Giants, uh, and I I I think I was either visiting home or I might have still lived at home at that point. But uh, when he went to the Giants, my mom recognized that he changed teams. She goes, he's wearing a different jersey. Did he change teams? And I'm like, you paid attention? Do you know who this is? She's like, wasn't that the the Kurt Warner? She called him the Kurt Warner. Warner. And I was like, yes, mom, this is the Kurt Warner. How do you know who that is? Oh, I see him on all the commercials. And, you know, you've watched him play lots. And I'm like, she has a poster. And I'm sitting there going, covered with her jackets. I'm wearing a Jerry Rice jersey. And I look at my mom. I dead serious. I did this. And I look at her. I go, name this guy. And I point towards a jersey. I was like, I've been watching him my entire life. He is my favorite player name this person and she's trying to look at the back of my jersey but she knew who kurt warner was just saying uh sorry mom how did you hardcore on that uh you will never hear it anyway it doesn't matter but uh, <laughs> i mean people do things like that right that's how they vote there they pick their teams in vegas yeah. uh so as you guys are aware i'm gonna out myself on my terrible fantasy football week i mm-hmm. literally <laughs> got hosed in a manner of which i have oh, never been hosed it was so bad. Yeah, Where's my phone? Brutal. I got to open it up. Well, dude, I mean, I just want to say thank you. Uh, thank you for that because you you because you went terrible. Mm-hmm. My I would say uh, terrible. My not good was able to keep me in the the chopping block. Yeah, we need to so so I want you to to hear what happened though too because yeah, this was you. ridiculous. I, I didn't I didn't pay I wasn't paying attention. So, in the chopping block and the guillotine league, um I had this last week Patrick Mahomes. I had Olave, mm. Pittman, mm. Stevenson, Moss, Kittle, D Hop. I benched Robinson because he was playing oh. Philadelphia. Yep, I did. Who too. had the second best run defense in the league, and I shouldn't have, but I benched Cole Komet. That was the two bad things that I did. I feel like at this point, um, whenever whoever the Broncos play, you just start them. Yeah. But in my defense, out. Cole Komet had had three, five, and oh, yeah. six yeah. in the weeks preceding that. So it wasn't like, oh, you should throw him in there. Um, and I was not going to start Sam Howell against Philly instead of Mahomes against the Jets. But that lineup, I had, count them, one, two guys get over nine points. Yikes. Um, Tyler Bass was my second highest score with 14. Mm. Uh, so I got kicked out of the guillotine league. I scored 61.82 points. Welcome. That was absolutely horrible. Uh, Jameson got kicked out the week before as, as if is you Mike, listen to our last podcast. Is, so Mi- is Mike in the chopping block? Out. Yes, Mike okay. is in the chopping block. So, so Grant and Mike are, are still in there. Uh, I, am, along- I, I know it doesn't matter, but I am undefeated in that. Like, uh, it doesn't matter at doesn't all, matter, but it's and cool. you, uh, I was looking at it actually uh, today, and I was able, I was able to, and I, I weathered the storm of starting Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper. Yeah. Like I had both of those guys, I scored like seventy eight is what I is what I got, yeah. and I was definitely sweating it. I totally thought, you know, like it was like two p.m. might have been like three. I legit texted everybody. I'm like, goodbye, y'all. Like I'm not making it, um, but. Uh, so frustrated yeah. though um, but I do want to say this is what happened um, these geniuses in this league and I'm not going to call Grant stupid right now 
I've done that plenty of times before. He was not stupid because at least he put in a waiver claim. I know you didn't see this, Jameson. Um, Patrick Mahomes, of course, went to the top claim mm-hmm. in like he was first one off the board, and uh, I think it was the first available person to get him got him. Um, then no one took a player for seven spots, and on this roster is Olave and Pittman. And Brian Robinson, like, what are you people doing? And by the way, Kamara is on this team. Okay. I got a lobby. And legitimately, no one took a guy until Todd took Pittman at seven spots later. You have that roster available to you and you didn't do it. That is insane. Like, that's just absolutely stupid. Kamara should have made it zero more picks. Like, literally, it should have been Mahomes and Kamara gone. If you value Pittman, I understand. Um, But Todd and I had talked strategy on this. We figured there was no way in the world that Kamara would make it to him. This shouldn't happen. So he decided not to put in a safety claim because he wanted to make sure he got Pittman because he valued him. He needed him more. He needed the receiver position. So he did that. Um, Here's what is insane. No one put claims on Brian Robinson or, uh, and and I don't blame him for Stevenson, or Tyler Bass for another full round. Tyler Bass, by the way, averaging, uh, I believe it's 13 and a half or 14 points at the kicker position right now. And half the league in the chopping block is getting less than seven from their kicker and you don't go out and get the second point scoring kicker in the league, that was stupid for everybody to miss. Uh, But that lasted another round and a half before it came back. I mean, Todd was able to get him again. I don't know where my waiver claim is on here, um, but I was able to get Eckler last week. That was from you, Jameson, right? Yeah, Yeah, you were down. You were down far. Yeah, I'm far down. I'm like, I was able to get Olave. So the same, but the same dude. I woke up this morning and I'm like, I got Olave? Yeah, because the the same guy... Uh, I got off my lawn, got Brian Robinson, got Kamara, and got Stevenson off my team. He got all three of them. That just should not happen. Such yeah. a bad job. By uh, I mean, there, if well, I was in the this, league and able to do this been, this week, there's no way well, that would have happened. this has been happening. Like, I mean, like there has been like... But guys no, that I no, shouldn't have no gotten. One, no one's gotten three, three no, starters. No, one, no one's gotten three, but like... The Those fact that I'm starters. as low as I am because I have a low waiver claim. I got yeah. Eckler. Like I was, like no, no. The week before you were, I think you were actually like four. Oh, it was bumps I? you down. So oh, okay. you were, yeah, you were, you were like I think at the third or fourth position total. Okay. Um. So yeah, you you definitely. But the had great a good thing shot is that since I got Olave as low as I was, that means I'll you'll come right back and I'll have and a good, also because somebody because other people went and got other guys like my, my roster got picked apart. So like my I knew it was gonna. Happen. I definitely need like some wide receiver help. Um. But like. Yeah, I mean, I've been able to just get running backs. Like I've got, I've got Eckler, I've got Barkley, I've got ATN, I've got Miles Sanders. Who, yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing all right there. Yeah, Miles Sanders should be subbing, but no, like, yeah, yeah. I, I had to, I had to start him because both Barkley and Eckler were injured. Yeah. So, but genuinely, like, couldn't believe that that happened in that league with as many good people as we have in there. That's just, I think, oh. poor use of your waiver claims. And by the way, I do think it was brilliant of Goff Mylon to do what he did. Um, and to put in that many waiver claims, because if you're going to get waiver hit anyway, and you're going to take a guy in a guillotine league, just take as many as you can that week. It's not going to benefit you that much to move up two or three spots. Right. You're going to get and and you can go and get multiple starters. If you're in that scenario, do it. 
Like, just put them in there. If it moves you down, it moves you down. But you got starters. I mean, that's that's absolutely a great strategy to use. So I applaud him doing that. He played it smart. I got a trade offer. You did? In the guillotine? Well, no, this is in the B-League oh, as we were recording. Okay, okay. I haven't even looked at it yet. I just saw that All right, someone... let's see it. What is it? Okay, so I acquire... <laughs> is it How bad is it? <laughs> well, I mean, for how it's going right now, I, I'm kind of tempted. Uh, it's I get Dak Prescott. Kill me. And Michael Thomas. Don't want either of them. <laughs> for Joe Burrow, who's been terrible. That is the dumbest kill me trade ever. It like, is. So I'm not going to do it. No one wins. No, like, <laughs> that's just yeah, who that's two guys Joe just putting a gun to their own heads. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to I'm going to reject it because what Joe Burrow can it's do so is insanely better than Dak Prescott. Okay, we had one and in the I am A-League. just fine Somebody, at wide receiver because uh, I've got. Go ahead. Would you, oh, you get one? Yeah, I also just looked and got a trade in the B League. No, no, you're oh. in the same league. Go ahead. I'll move, I'll move over to the A League in a second. Um, somebody offered a trade <laughs> to give me Prescott, Pacheco, and Michael Thomas for Lamar. Okay, same, so guy, the same, same guy, same guy for Lamar it's Jackson. Belichick. Yeah, for Lamar Jackson and Calvin Ridley. How about no? Are you what? Belichick offered you that? Like he knows what he's doing, bro. That guy has won the A League. I would I would never like, take weird. Prescott nor Michael Thomas. Oh, his quarterback room sucks. For a million dollars. Is that what he's doing it? It's Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson. Ooh, okay. Hey, he's I mean, desperate for quarterback. If Deshaun's healthy, he'll get you maybe like 18 hey. to 20 fantasy points. Oh, hold on, hold on. Man- Let's go manipulation here. Grant? Yeah. Offer him bro for Pacheco. If he's willing to deal Pacheco. Mm. I'm just saying. Let's go manipulation my- here. My my backup is Stroud. That's why was my backup. Oh, you're a good right backup. Yeah, but I'm bro. But if that'd be if, hilarious. If Burrow can, yeah, yeah. But you're saying if because I mean, dude, this he he's the reason I'm one in three hundred percent. Oh yeah, but just go because that's what I'm he, saying. Like he, Stroud, he's, he's given me three points, fifteen, eight, and four. But dude, Pacheco's been points week in week out. Like you should just do it. See if he'll do it. If he needs a quarterback that bad. Um, I was going to show I'd have, you. I'd have to go trade for another quarterback or just pick up Matt Stafford. Uh, I guess. Listener to the program and shout out to my buddy Todd. Um, and uh, oh, well, also another listener to the program, TSA Ben. Um, Hi, TSA Ben. They are trading in the A League. This is accepted. Baker and Buffalo. TSA Ben is trading to Todd. Um, or sorry, getting from Todd. He is trading away. Tua and Cleveland. Now Cleveland has Sorry? been inconsistent. They are they've still been all, they're four twelve seven nine. So good for the most good not elite. For, yeah, but they're hitting above their projections for the most part. But also they week. are they're going to be hitting up the likes of San Francisco, Indy, and Seattle in their next three games. So that's and Baltimore, suck. and they have a bye week coming. Um, but no, I I mean Todd was like shocked he's like dude i got tua on this trade he's like i'm i'm more sad to give up buffalo's defense by far because buffalo's already racked up 56 points i mean they went nine they had that blow up game against washington with 32 points and then 10 and five in their other games so um but he hadn't started baker yet and um and baker's had okay games and then had a good game this last week with almost 23 points but I have sent out these two trades. I like trades. I'm constantly trying. 
Uh, I put Rashad White and Jerry Judy out there for Ayuk. Um, and I put Rashad White and Jerry Judy out there for Pittman uh, for either one. And I'm trying to snag one of those guys. I'm just, I don't need a lot. So I'm just looking for bits and pieces, just seeing if somebody who needs two starters or potential starters, um, you know, I know Ju- Jerry Judy's not every week, but I was able to pick up Cortland Sutton. Somebody put him on waivers in the A-League, and I don't understand why. That's not Sutton's been really consistent with his points so far. Smart. Double digits, uh, three games already. And um, I just don't want Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton on the same team making me make that choice. And I'll look stupid when it goes the other way, so I don't want to do that. But anyway, just trying to get some value out of Judy. May have to trade away Sutton at some point if he blows up. But I've got Jonathan Taylor coming up uh, this week, hopefully. And so I'm going to be pretty set with Taylor Pierce. Um, I have Rashad White, DK. I have Laporta and Hawkinson on this team. I love Laporta, man. I got, playing solid. I got the K. Williams from the Rams. I got Jacobs, D-Hop, Tyreek, and Lamar. D-Hop has not been... Team. Diop's not been D-Hop. I'm, I'll be interested to see what he does in some key matchups. He's got one against Indy this week that's given up the eighth most points to uh, receivers. And then uh, he's decently greenlit after his bye week. Uh, he's got a couple tough matchups here and there, but um, I do like the potential still. But I have considered him in trades as well. Um, other than that, I'm still in first place in the A-League and what uh, I affectionately call the Practice League. Um, and I think I am in second place in my NFL.com league. Um, but uh, I've got home run hitters there. And I think I'm first in points in that league, even though I'm in second place. So, you know, I'm still moving on all cylinders here, enjoying it. Uh, I know you guys are playing catch up, obviously checking out some trades in the B league, uh, trying to make that happen. But the goal is playoffs. Um, do want to hit on a couple of options for you this week. Uh, we already mentioned, or and things to consider. If you have Cup and Taylor, don't just throw them into your starting spot. You need to hold off. Uh, do drop somebody right now so that you can make the call over the weekend on what to do with them. Um, be watching your injuries. Uh, if you have the option to put people in flex that are questionable going into Sunday, always use the flex rule um, so you don't lock them into a position. If you lock them into a position, you got a guy on your bench that could cover that spot. Um, but it's a running back, and let's say your uh, your guy is a wide receiver that's questionable. Um, you need to make sure you get that wide receiver that's questionable into a flex spot, so you can sub in a running back who would be as their replacement. Make sure you're doing that. That's just fantasy football 101. I know some people are like, we all know that. Not everybody does. Uh, that's for dang sure. But make sure you're doing that and helping yourself out. Watch uh, those questionables. Watch uh, these guys coming off the pop list. Uh, a few bangers that you want to be aware of. We mentioned earlier, if you hold the keys to anything that says Washington on it, start it this week. Anything. They are playing the Bears. Just anything. Russell Wilson looked like a golden god this last week. Uh, three touchdowns and almost 300 yards. I can't believe I now, last year, I was calling this guy a bum. Now I have to like, defend this guy every stinking week, man. He looked great this week. Start anything that is Washington. Uh, there's a couple matchups that I really like. Um, if you have Jacobs this week against Green Bay, their run defense has been atrocious. I'm very uh, excited. And that is a Monday night game, so he's going to be fully rested, fully healthy, and they, they're playing in Vegas, so I uh, strongly consider starting Jacobs in that game. 
Um, Gosh, it, why do we get two back-to-back Raider primetime games? I don't know. That's dumb. I've got but McCaffrey and Jacobs um, that I'm hoping will carry me this week. You got McCaffrey and Jacobs? Yep. The boy. The, um, I was looking at uh, a couple other ones here. Uh, real quick. Oh, and, and also check your rosters, everybody. Like bye weeks are a real thing, and they mm-hmm. start this week. Uh, so a lot of high power offense kind of guys are out. Yes. Um, interesting start. I wouldn't normally say this. TJ Hawkinson against the Chiefs. This game is up in Minnesota. Um, TJ has done the majority of his damage as a Viking in the domes. He's used to playing in the dome, uh, being uh, starting his career uh, in Detroit, and Kansas City's given up. It, depending on what, how your league does points, top ten numbers to tight ends, they have not been able to cover the middle very well, um, and that is where T.J. Hawkinson makes his bread and butter. Is in that seven to twelve yard range from the line of scrimmage over the middle. So uh, Hawkinson's a solid start this week. Um, I, again, have him and Laporta in two different leagues, and I do not love Laporta against Carolina. I would uh, strongly consider benching Laporta this week, even though he's been uh, playing really well. Another one you might want to consider, watch uh, Daubs from Green Bay against Vegas. That Monday night game is going to have a lot of points in it. Like, genuinely, both those defenses are going to give up a lot. Um, But Daubs and Jordan Love, must starts against Vegas. If you got, if you're rotating Jordan Love, this is a week to start him. We have historically stated many times on this program, the Raiders secondary sucks. Expose it. And Dalbs has been doing nothing but work when given the opportunity. Uh, 14 and 15 the last two weeks. He had 16 the first week. So three different times uh, that he has gone. 14 plus the only time that he hasn't gone for double digits was at Atlanta who is shut down in the secondary. Um, and so this should be an absolute green lit go. You should be starting Daubs in all leagues this week, as well as I, uh, the two coming weeks after the bye. just saying he's at Denver and he's got Minnesota uh, who gives up the most points to wide receivers right now. Um, in the weeks following. So continue on that hot streak with or without Christian Watson playing. It does not matter. Jordan Love has found a dude, and he's going to keep targeting him. Dalbs is getting touchdowns. Keep on it. Uh, ride that wave for sure. Those are my, uh, my big ones. That 49ers-Dallas game, I know I said it was going to be a double-digit win for the Niners. Totally believe that. You may not want to go crazy with George Kittle this week. He had a really bad week last week. I don't see him uh, putting up a lot of points here. The only safe bet for the 49ers, I really think, is going to be uh, obviously CMC. And then if you've got Ayuk, I'd just start him. Uh, watching, watching him get targeted consistently by Brock Purdy, start him. But on the Cowboys end of things, Ferguson had a good week last week. Uh, CD's been pretty consistent, but Pollard has been it. disappointing, and the 49ers' run defense has been fantastic. So I, I probably, I, I mean, I know you don't do it. This might, uh, Pollard's uh, touchdown or bust here this week. So might want to consider putting him on the bench. Yeah. I, uh, I know we're going to wrap up here in just a second. Um, 
I definitely do not want you to talk about that thing that you were asking me to talk about because I want to go to bed. Um, and I don't want to talk about it because it makes me sad. That's a dame trade, by the way. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Can I ask for five minutes of your time? You can have five minutes of your own stinking time. I need uh, to talk about my baseball team. Okay. Well, we're going to do something we've never done then on the history of this podcast. So I genuinely have to leave. So. Taking off. Grant is going to close out the show today. And you will Let's hear go. him on the intro and the wrap up. Let's go. Uh, Jameson got it. So go. I'm going to bow out and say nighty night. All right, Jameson. So I'm going to talk at you as someone who doesn't know a lot about baseball and really just give you like the explain the, to me the, like how we got to where we did. Explain it to you like you're five. <laughs> Imagine you have a lemonade stand. If you, if you, if you catch that reference, uh, <laughs> that's amazing. So, all right. So for those of you that don't know, I'm a big Mariners fan here on this podcast and uh, the Mariners had a complete and utter collapse um, in the month of September. Um, so <clears throat> on the off season, the Mariners didn't pretty much a big, nothing. They signed Colton Wong, AJ Pollock, Tommy LaStella, Cooper Hummel. Um, for those of you that don't know the way baseball works, there's a lot of like cyber metrics and the way that they quantify stats is really weird. And a lot of them, <sighs> you, they're, they're, they're somewhat important and some are not. One of them is F4. So it's wins above replacement. And so like zero is like, an, is like, it's like a wins above like the next guy up or like the average guy. Right. And so you want to have a, 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 like a positive uh, war. Like a, you want to be, you know, like for example, Shohei Otani this season pitched, catched. He had like an F4 of, of above, above 10. So 10 wins. He was worth 10 wins as a player uh, this year. So probably going to win the MVP this year and that kind of stuff. So these guys that they signed in the off season were a negative two wins above replacement. They weren't even average. They were bad. And Jerry DePoto, the, the GM, tried to convince everybody with the snake oil, like they're going to be great, literally grabbing guys off the scrap heap here. They combined for about 6% of the at-bats this year, which is around 600 or so at-bats. You don't think that's not a lot, but I'm going to explain to you why that will matter here at the end. So from April to July, they played 500 ball. They, were, they would win two games, lose two games, win five, lose five always hovering around that 500 mark um, at the trade deadline, obviously had some holes they needed to fill. They were around 500. Um, they decided to instead sell off their best closer. One of the best closers statistically in saves this year, sold them to the diamondbacks um, and got some guys to kind of raise the floor of this team. And I did not like in a vacuum. I like it. The Mariners were kind of better for the next couple of years. Cause they're guys that can contribute in the next year. But today they were worse when that trade happened because they just lost Paul Seawald, one of the best closers out there. So that happened. And then they did nothing else at the trade deadline. They did nothing else. They didn't replace him. They didn't um, go and get another starting pitcher, which they needed. They desperately needed that because they were relying on two rookies on pitch counts. They needed another starting pitcher to come in there and eat innings. That's all they needed, someone to eat innings. They did nothing else at the t- trade deadline. Nothing else. Huge disappointment, huge failure. They again try to say that, oh, there was no trades out there to make. Yes, there was because guys were being sold off for nothing. Go to the Mets, get some players to do nothing. Like they, they were selling them for next to nothing prospects. So then August happens. They set a franchise best 21 wins in the month. That's, the, that's statistically the best month of Mariners baseball in their entire franchise. They won 21 games. 21 games. It was roughly like 27, 26, 28, somewhere around their wins. So they only lost like maybe four or five games that year, that month. Month of August, incredible. They ended up 
being third in the division to like being in this three-way race race for first place in the division. At one point, three weeks ago, they held, they were number one in sole possession of the division. Then September happens. They go 11 and 17, completely fall apart, giving up the division in the final game of the season. So they, they completely fell apart. They burned all their pitching in the month of August. Because again, they needed another closer. They needed some starting pitching. They used all of it in the month of August. And then all of that, the failure happened in September because they did not prepare the trade deadline. So that happens. It's terrible. They lose out in the playoffs or to not even get the playoffs. They miss the playoffs by one game, miss the division by two games. And because they beat the Rangers in the last game of the season, that gave the division to the Houston Astros, which causes me extreme pain to say. We gave the Astros the division. Hate the because, Astros. I don't even watch ball. No, they're terrible. Their fans are the worst. Um, you, you, your, your team is terrible. Your Cheaters. fan base is terrible. You vote, you vote for players to get hurt. Like you want your team to throw at the other team and they throw out more players than any other team in baseball. Whatever they try to tell you, Astros players throw at like every single other team. Terrible. Anyway, so they literally, because they beat the Rangers, they were in this three-way, three-way race between the Rangers, Houston, and Seattle. And because the final, final games of the season were against the Astros and the Rangers, it mattered. Uh, they, won th- they went, the last 10, they went uh, four, four and six, the final 10 against the Astros and the Rangers. This is literally, the Mariners had complete control of how this happened if they won games, they won series, that kind of stuff. So they lose it. They give the division to, the, to Houston. That's terrible. But the worst thing that happened, which maybe some of you guys may have seen because it's made ma- national news, the Mariners had a press conference just the other day. And this is what the stuff they said. So they first schedule this press conference. They schedule it in the middle of an MLB playoff game. And MLB has rules. You cannot have, you know, stream. You cannot stream like press conferences or things like that when there are playoff games happening. It's part of the rights and things like that. So they intentionally schedule this press conference in the middle of a game on a Tuesday afternoon when the Rays and I think, I think it was the Rangers. Yeah. And the Rangers that were playing and they schedule this. So that way, hopefully no one would see this, but of course in the age of the internet, you can see it. So hopefully these people wouldn't watch. So then Jerry DePoto is thrown out there to the wolves by John Stanton, our bum of an owner. Um, he, he throws them out there and he could have just said GM speak like, yep, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't hit our goal this year, blah, blah, blah. We're going to be back better next year. Just that kind of stuff. But he said the worst stuff that I've ever heard a GM in any sport, any front office say ever. Jameson, have you seen some of this stuff that's come out? Nope. Nope. Okay. So you're about to get. So he, he, he literally says this, that the Mariners are doing the fans a favor by not getting stuck in the mud with only focusing on a world series in the immediate future. Jameson, as a fan of a team that went and focused on a, 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 a championship in the immediate future, are you upset that they're not there's, I mean, obviously they're now playing better, but take, take it back, you know, a month ago. Are, were, are you upset with the, the decision of the Rams to go and go all in for that one year, recognizing they're probably may not be very good the next couple of years? Uh, no. Yeah, I was all for it, and I feel like that was pretty well documented on this podcast. Yes, absolutely. So Jerry Depoto literally is telling a fan base who has been to one playoff, has been to playoffs once in 21 years, that he was doing us a favor by not getting stuck in the mud on a World Series. Like, what? What is the point of baseball? Is you're there to win World Series? What's the point of the NFL? 
to win a Super Bowl. That's the goal of a team. And so now he's going to trot out here and say that he is doing us a favor by us not them not setting their sights solely on a Super Bowl in the immediate future. I don't know what fan of any sport would ever be like, yep, sounds good, bud. So that happens. That's not even the worst of it. So thanks for the favor, Jerry DePoto. Um, he then says that the season was not a disaster. It was not a disaster of a season. Them missing the division by two games and playoffs by one game is an absolute disaster. The disaster happened. That's the disaster is that you played the best ball in franchise history and then you choke it all away by failing in the offseason, failing at the trade deadline, and you're out here claiming it wasn't a disaster. That's absolutely a disaster on every single level. You missed the playoffs by one game. You missed the division by two games when you didn't account for the Rangers being good this year. You, you were anticipating the, 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 the Houston Astros to step back. None of that happened. And you come out here and say that this wasn't a disaster. That's not even the dumbest thing he said. The dumbest thing he said, I've, this, is, this is it. This is the, 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 the cherry on top here, and then I'm over. He said, our plan is to win 54% of games. 54% chance That's of games, bro. Not great. He literally is he's out here saying that their goal or 10-year plan is to win 54% of their games. What kind of a statement is that? You're aiming to be just barely above 500 as your record? What goal is that? The goal is to win a World Series. The goal is to be in contention every year. And yet you're out here saying the goal is to win 54% of games. Here's how you're supposed to say that. Our plan is to win 90 to 100 games a season. There's 162 games in the season. You don't come out here and say some weird arbitrary percentage. You don't say that. You don't say our plan is to win 54%. That's not a passing grade in, in school and anything. If you get 54% on anything, like you should be, obviously the, the, the reality is that you're not going to win 70% of your games like when there's 162. You're not going to do that. But to come here and say your plan is to win 54% of games, that is insane. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Best part though, their record this year was 88 and 74. They won 88 games this year. There are 162 games in a season. What do you think 54% of 162 is? Pretty close to that number, isn't it? It is 88. Rounding up, it's 88. Go. So, their, so their, plan, their plan is to not make the playoffs because 88 games did not get them into the playoffs this year. He's literally out here saying, our plan is to not make the playoffs. Literally what he just said, because winning 54% of the games did not make the, get them into the playoffs this year at 88. Absolute buffoonery. Jerry DePoto, you're a bum. I was all for you, dude. Like, you made some great trades. You're an absolute bum. Like, coming out here and saying that stuff, you never, like, you're on the hot seat. You, you, need, you need to be on the hot seat. Terrible. Scott Service rolling out these trash lineups, games on the, like, seasons, like, the seasons on the line, the last four games, they're throwing out these bench players who, like, hardly contribute. Absolute terrible. Mariner should be ashamed of yourself. If you're a fan of this team, you should be livid. And you should honestly not support this franchise right now because they also led the league in operating income. So they made the most money and spent the less. And that's all John Stanton, our owner, cares about is pocketing money. He doesn't care about winning. He cares about building dumb suites for rich people to go be in their stadium and all these dumb things. You should not be supporting this franchise. I'm going to. I'm going to root for them, but I'm not paying. I'm not going to games. I'm not buying any merch. I'm not doing any of this crap for this team right now because it's an absolute embarrassment. And when your GM comes out here and says this stuff, Dude, 
you you do not deserve to you don't get to treat a fan base that has been so desperate for world series and to be relevant and hasn't been tell them that they're doing us a favor their plan is to win 54 percent of the games absolute trash don't deserve a job don't deserve any support from the fans and hopefully this is something that everyone is like in the baseball world everyone is seeing this so hopefully this means something um there's my ted talk Thank you for, for, for sitting through this, Jameson, as someone who doesn't understand baseball, um, really. Hopefully, you, you were able to bring some sort of understanding oh, I, to I this. I understand uh, the benefits of going all in and having GMs yeah. that will want to spend all the money and try to win games. So to, see the, picks, opposite, right? yeah, yeah. to see the opposite side of that, it's like, yeah, I could see how that's pain, very man. frustrating. Yeah. But, uh, so, wow. I didn't know it that's got what that. I'm I mean, I, with. I, I loosely, you know follow just via the timeline uh being local sure you know see stuff pop up but it's like i didn't know it was like that i did know it was a a, a good start to the season but i didn't know that's how it was Mm -hmm. ending yeah that's that's how it ends and so and players were out were outspoken against the front office and then like there's rumors out there they were forced to apologize and like all those it's just it's just you're not going to attract people who want to come play in this in this organization in this market that can't really attract like the big names and so you're doing yourself no favors here. So, yep, absolutely shot themselves in the foot, put their foot in the mouth. Uh, it's an embarrassment. Um, yeah, if you're a Mariners fan, uh, don't support this this franchise right now, and unless they prove that they're they're going to be competent and uh, prove they want to win and not only win 54 percent of their games. So, yeah. So I think is there anything else to add, Jameson? No, I I won't open the Dame trade can of worms at this hour. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I will just say I I was a big so, I was a big fan uh, of what they did. Yeah, I, it, it sucks, but I'm a big fan. It's sad. It was sad. It, I think it was, it was it's sad, it was but sad. Joe Cronin cooked. I will say he, he did cook. I'm not a fan of the report that came out that potentially he wanted to come back, and then oh, I they were no, like, he, no, I saw. Okay, yeah, real quick on I that. I saw your thing. Opinion real on quick it. on that. Yeah. I'll I'll just say like I Chris Haynes has always been a a mouthpiece for Dame, um, basically sure. his entire career. And so anytime that there's yeah. a report out there, it just feels like Dame PR. So I don't ever really care about it. Um, but even if mm-hmm. it is true and that's what happened, I'm still on Cronin's side because I don't think that you can basically throw any Blazers leverage out the window by saying, I only want to play for Miami. And then when that doesn't happen, say, oh, I want to actually like, play yeah, for I'll the Blazers. Back. It's like, no, like you can't put us in this compromised position uh, and potentially yeah. try to get us to basically throw away our franchise moving forward which you know kind of caused the same issues that maybe the mariners are dealing with for for something like this so we're no we're not going to bring you back uh you already told us you don't want to be here so uh my analogy that you saw was that's like you like if you wanted to leave your wife but you're like i'm only going to leave you for this one person but like they said if that doesn't work out it's not going to happen but i'll come back it's like no dude like that it's done we're we're moving forward so um But yeah, we won't dive no, into I that too much. They, yeah. they did cook, though. I, I I'm feeling good about I, it. They they did they did get some really good pieces. So for that for that, like it makes it easier to swallow on that end. Still heartbreaker. Still a sad day if you're a Pacific I'll, I'll Northwest fan. I'll miss Dame, but I as a basketball fan in general, uh, I think it's the perfect basketball situation. Oh. I couldn't have asked for a better oh, pairing. Dude, yeah. uh, with Dame, like if he's going to go anywhere, uh, I'm always going to root for him. Uh, I want him to win a ring. So for him to go play with yeah. Giannis, uh, to me, that's way better than Miami. And we ended up, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the Blazers coming out better than we would have with the Miami trade. So I guess that does put a oh, quick yeah. bow on the Dame talk. But 
Yeah. Sad times, but I'm sure, exciting I'm sure, times. I'm, I'm sure once once Matt has healed, I'm sure we'll you know we'll 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 open it up. We'll open yeah. up that wound a little bit once it's yeah. once it's scarred over, as they say. So bit. yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for hanging around uh, for Sportsify. We will be back next week for our recaps and all that such. Hope you have a great week and we will catch you next week. Bye.